106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. It was granted me to carry away from my prison years on my bent back, which nearly broke beneath its load, this essential experience. How a human being becomes good, and how they become evil. In the intoxication of youthful successes, I had felt myself to be infallible, and I was therefore cruel. In the abundance of power, I was a murderer and an oppressor. In my most evil moments, I was convinced that I was doing good, and I was well supplied with systematic arguments. And it was only when I lay there, on rotting prison straw, that I sensed within myself the first stirrings of good. Gradually, it was disclosed to me that the line separating good and evil passes not through states, nor between classes, nor between political parties either, but right through every human heart, and through all human hearts. This line shifts inside us, it oscillates with the years, and even within hearts overwhelmed by evil, one small bridgehead of good is retained. And even in the best of all hearts, there remains an unuprooted small corner of evil. Our movement is welcoming millions of black Americans back to the Republican Party, the party of Frederick Douglass and Abraham Lincoln. When I ran for president four years ago, I looked at the dismal and shameful record of the Democrat Party and asked black Americans, what the hell do you have to lose, right? And they all said, you shouldn't use the word hell, but I said, it's just it's more descriptive. Doesn't work as well without it. Today, I want to share what you have to gain from voting Republican on November 3rd will be the biggest election of our lives. People say that they feel sorry for my kids because I'm a Trump supporter. Little do you know my kids are Democrats. They eat for free, have a roof over their head, don't have to drive nowhere. Sometimes they get what they want by crying and whining. They don't pay rent, they don't pay electricity. So I really, I really don't think you need to feel sorry for my kids. Good day to you. This is Lou Benninger. You're listening to No Hostages Radio. This is episode 79, and uh, this will start playing on October 3, 2020. Thank you for listening today, however you found us. Some of you are working off podcast sources, and some are going to our website. The website seems to be working okay. That has episodes plus articles that I've written over the last uh, 79 weeks, a couple each week for a local newspaper, Territorial Dispatch. And uh, some of you mentioned that there was a little hitch in the get along on the podcast. And Tanner, the guy in Texas that is the guy that knows all about such things, he said basically the issue is with Apple, if you're using Apple Podcasts, the show on Apple in 
Apple's end is fine. It's updated. But when a user adds the show to their own library, it doesn't always do a good job fetching the latest content. So when a user checks the show in their library, it seems that it's not updated. But when you go to the show on the podcast site, it's there and updated correctly. I hope that makes for you Apple guys and gals. I hope that makes sense to you. If not, just shoot me another email explaining your predicament, and we'll see We'll see if we can, can't, can't lick it. He also mentioned last week that there was another... Um, he, he uses a, a recommends another app called Overcast App as a substitute. He says it's easier to use, I think. Overcast App. One word, Overcast. O-V-E-R-C-A-S-T application or app. So if you want to reach us, uh, like our website is nohostagesradio.com. And, but again, if, you, if you're just listening to this show, you don't care about the articles, you can just reuse your podcast. Cool. And it should be a couple different sources for that. Um, if you want to email me, with, which a few of you are starting to do, uh, nohostagesradio uh, is our uh, website, .com. And you just add Lou, L-O-U, at nohostagesradio.com. And um, you will be able to reach me, Lou, at nohostagesradio.com. So I want to mention, uh, let's see, I think that's all the contact stuff. Oh, I, let me give you my number, 530-713-1838. You can text me. I'll text you back. Uh, you can email me. I'll email you back. You can call me. I'll call you back if it ends up in voicemail. No worry. Um, so I wanted to mention because... We're out here in California dealing with this crazy governor and crazy legislature. You know, even if the governor dropped dead, we still have both houses of our legislature controlled by Democrats. So um, so I've been pushing this uh, Gavin Newsom recall. I had a, a friend of mine contact me this week by text, said, hey, Lou, do you know how many how we're doing on the signatures? All I know is that we need we need a lot. And so we have um, about, what, about six, uh, 30, 40 days, something like that, 40 days or so, and we need to get it on. So if you think, oh, I already signed, what we need you to do, if you're serious about getting the state changed around, some of you aren't serious, you just want to leave. So that can be a, become a pattern in your life, just leaving instead of fighting like right instead of taking a two by four to the bully you just keep giving him your lunch letting him pop the sack on your forehead so i'm into swatting him with the two by four and uh god may tell you to leave if god tells you to leave i was talking to somebody the other day trying to convince her not to run for mayor and uh, to run for city council instead because she's already on the city she said well god told me so as soon as god tells enters the conversation i don't debate with god uh it's God didn't tell me that, what she just said, but she, that's what she said. So I said, hey, argument over, discussion over. So if God tells you to move out of California, pack it up. But if he doesn't, uh, and you're a Christian person, we need to pick up a two-by-four and whack somebody. And so we, so that's why I'm talking about Gavin Newsom recall. 
and we've done it once. We're one of the rare states. It's only been done two times in the history of the United States, once here. And so uh, you can you can sign those petitions, and I'm going to give you – they've been meeting in uh, – if you're from Marysville or Yuba City or Yuba Sutter counties, they've been meeting at the corner of uh, 10th and E Street at the Washington Square Park nearly every day with a booth there. You just can't – you know, honestly, if if this state slips – any farther into the sewer, blame yourself. Just look in the mirror and just say that that would be me. That would be my fault. Because if you can't stop for five seconds to sign a petition, you're pitiful. Uh, so there's also a petition signing event at the court hearing regarding the injunction against the governor. And, uh, we're looking for per, uh, member Kevin Kiley and, and, uh, James Gallagher, our, our assemblyman, filed an action months ago in Sutter County Superior Court stopping the governor from doing all these executive orders. And now they're going to have a hearing, and it's on October 7th. And that's at the Sutter County Superior Court. That's 1000 Civic Center Boulevard, 1000 Civic Center Boulevard. So any of y'all that live close by that would like to come down and bring your pickets down, uh, open up the state pickets, any type of, um, any kind of comments about Gavin Newsom, bring them on down and we can pick it that day. But they're also going to do a sign up of, of uh, Gavin Newsom recall right there. Uh, and if you want to, I don't know how many people they'll allow in the courtroom, but you can, you can gather up outside, just say, don't like the way things are going. Uh, so you can also sign up, you can go to, uh, recall Gavin 2020. That's the number 2020 recall Gavin 2020. And that's, uh, .com 2020.com. And you could go there to find out where to sign up in your community. If you're in California, one of the 58 counties, you can go on to a Facebook site off that site, and it will direct you to where they're doing signups. We need people that will take a petition and go get 5 or 10 or 15 signatures, get a few petitions, and get them yourself. We can't rely just on five or six people putting up a booth every day. That's helpful. But if everybody, you don't even leave, need to leave your living room. You can print it off that website. Uh, you can get it probably if you don't have a printer. You can get it from some of the coordinators in your county in California. Uh, if you're in this county, it's very easy. You, Sutter County, a lot of people go to Elite Universal Security at 5548 Federal Boulevard in Linda. And they pick them up there. There's a dispatch center for a security business, and you can pick them up there, or you could sign there. Okay? So that is that. So that's the event. October 7, bring your picket signs, uh, and come bring your send your friends over there to sign up. They'll be there at 8.30 in the morning, October 7th. That must be about the time that the, I don't think any trial or any case is heard prior to 8.30 anyway, so it probably didn't start till 9. So uh, 
They're asking also for folks that are Christian folks or praying folks to pray that permanent restraining orders will be granted, that Newsom would be permanently restrained from issuing emergency executive orders, and that all those orders, that the restraining order will apply retroactively to February. All right. There you have it. Now, one of my friends up in Chico, California, that's in Butte County, where Chico State College is. She's been listening and reading the Territorial Dispatch, and she is an activist, an activist up there on everything from politics and CalPERS overspending, too expensive water, too many taxes, etc. So she saw where one of our uh, followers got arrested at the city council meeting in Yuba City a few weeks ago. And after he got arrested, uh, the next time they met, they decided, oh, well, maybe we don't need to have these closed meetings. Hmm. So then this week, this last week, uh, let's see, this it's this week, earlier this week, on the 28th, uh, th- this fellow was supposed to go to court for trespassing. That's where we are, folks. In a democratic society, the America that was started on freedom and transparency and small government, and it was run by the people, remember, for the people, by the people, of the people, and now you can't go to a public meeting. And the excuse is COVID. And you know that's a damn lie. Every single one of them knows it's a lie. Either they, if they want to play stupid and say, well, you know, well, Dr. Sones, well, I, read, I heard on CNN, You know, if you want to play that stupid game, we vote you out next time. You're either a liar or you're stupid. That's the only way this is going to go. You you know, it's interesting when people run for office. Oh, I'm I'm smart. I'm intelligent. I'm intellectual. I I'm a leader. I'm a real leader. Then they can't they get in there. They can't do a damn thing. They can't figure out their butt from a hole in the ground. They can't understand what they're talking about. They're shooting their mouth off when they don't even know what they're saying. And they, oh yeah, I'm, I'm, like I'm sharp, like I'm your man, I'm your next mayor. So they decide uh, to open up the meetings. Now, as far as I know, the Yuba City City Council is the only public meeting when you look at city councils or supervisors' meetings that are open to the general public right now. That is a travesty. They should, you know, every one of those people should get down on their knees, ask for forgiveness. And open up these meetings. They have violated people's constitutional rights from closing these meetings. So my friend wrote me an email. She says, I got locked out of a meeting. (laughs) Everybody should crash every meeting. Everybody should crash every meeting. I got locked out of a city meeting in Chico this week. They are remote. And they say we are supposed to participate in quotes via WebEx. But the techie could not get me in. I spent almost 45 minutes with staff and they couldn't get me into that meeting by WebEx. Their excuse? Well, my Internet is too slow. My computer isn't up to date. Now, this is where we get into violating people's rights because they just say, oh, yeah, because the government's got all our money and the government's got the finest of equipment. So they just expect everybody, whether whether you're nine months old to 192, to have all the top-notch equipment in your house. 
totally violating people's rights to public assembly and to watch what their government is doing to them. By the way, the government is screwing us. That's what's going on here. So their excuse, my Internet's too slow. My computer isn't up to date. They just kept coming up with excuses. While the meeting went on, I emailed the committee members during the meeting. They suggested I call in. What? I asked them, how can I participate by phone in a meeting I can't watch? That's ludicrous. One counselor told me they were pre-prepared slides I could look at. Well, thank you, Jesus. Now we get our constitutional rights on a slideshow. <laughs> These people need to be taken out back, beat with rubber hoses, and then given a blunt to get over it. He said, I could have prepared slides I could look at. He meant the staff PowerPoint that was in the agenda. What an idiot. In other words, in the agenda, you can see what the PowerPoint is. Years ago, I attended a similar meeting, a city of Chico committee meeting. The meeting was in progress when a woman came to the door and said I couldn't get in. She started yelling that it was illegal to lock the public out of the meeting, but the door was, was broken. <laughs> Just the things that happen. It's like government, right? It's like you're going to have a meeting. It's supposed to be open to the public, and the door is broken, but you don't even pay attention to that. You're just going to have your meeting thinking nobody is going to show up and want to get in. You would never do that in a business. Oh, we're open, but you can't get in the front door. Oh, my God. Somebody's actually coming to buy something from us. The city clerk and her staff went all a titter. The woman was right. It's illegal to lock the door on a public meeting. Everything stopped while the public works director fumbled at the door with his Leatherman attack, you know, the knife thing, the Leatherman. Finally, he got it open. I think they did it. They did to me. I think what they did to me the other night was illegal. Restaurants are opening for dine-in here, but our council is still holding remote meetings. What a crock of you-know-what. It's called crap there, Juanita. How, how about that? She said, I'm listening to episode 78 right now. All right. So the other thing that happened this week, so that happened to Juanita up in st there. Then they dropped the charges against my friend Benjamin for he just wanting to go on with his teenage son and watch a city council meeting. One week, he was going to send everybody to the ICU and get them all on ventilators. The next week, it was all lovey-dovey. It just it's just absurd. We have people that are all pointing fingers at each other around these communities and it just needs to stop. I'm just so sick of it. I got one supervisor. He's he got voted out. He wouldn't even return my call. Uh, I tried to find out some information and get some information on the number of suicides, overdoses and uh, depression in the Yuba Sutter area. You know what you know what the care is over there? They don't give a damn about it. This this government doesn't give a damn about people dying and being depressed unless it affects their paycheck. This COVID hasn't affected anybody working for government. In fact, some of them are getting two paychecks. They're making they're making bank on this thing big time. And they have no incentive to fix this. Oh, well, Gavin, they're all big pussies, right? They they're balls. They just fell right under the table and rolled down the street. Oh, but Gavin won't give us any money. They can't figure. They got a whole staff of attorneys. 
just drives me. Well, our county council said, I don't care what your county council said. Stand on the Constitution. How about that? They weren't even taught Constitution when the dude took the took the bar and took the law school. I don't care what the doctor of the county says. I don't care what the county council says. We elected not the doctor, not the county. We elected city council people and we elected supervisors to protect us. And if you can't protect us, get the hell out of here. Just get out. I'm so toasted and done with you. Oh, yeah, Lou, I'll call you right back. Yeah, that's when they want something from you. They want your money. They want your vote. They want they want you to do something for them. They need to get the hell out. They're pansies. They're do-nothings. They're responsible. You know something? I've been reading a lot about after the German the Holocaust. I feel sorry for those Nazis. We just have been condemning them from all these years. All those Nazis. All those Christian church people. They just stood back and let those people kill the Jews. All those Nazis. They just did what they were told. Oh. They just, they were just, they said, oh, we were just taking orders. We did, well, we just thought it was war. We just taking orders. You listen to Supervisor Day. Well, we're just taking orders. Dr. Lou, well, we're just taking, I, I just got to do what the, here she's paid for by our tax dollars, $300,000 a year. And she is paying attention to somebody in Sacramento. I would fire, if I was on either board, I would fire her a little fat ass the first time I got a chance to put it on, on the board. She'd be out of here. This is ridiculous. We got people dying of suicide, overdosing, and going to depression at high rates around here, a lot higher rates than I'm used to because we're going out on them with trauma intervention. And they won't even tell you. What to, they don't even want to divulge that. It's a secret. Oh, yeah. Well, well, we don't, well, we just don't know right now. Well, the stats won't come out for a year or two. No, they got the stats right now because I got stats. Right out hospital has stats. And I can't get the right out hospital stats because we don't get to go in because if you got a death at, at right out Adventist Hospital, you can't bring your loved ones in there to say goodbye to your or if, they're, if your person's hanging on by, you know, a thread, as they say. You can't even go in and see them because it's so dangerous. So dangerous. 99.8% are surviving and it's dangerous. People, this is what my friend Dave Bryan, the cowboy, says. Don't tell me it's raining when you're pissing on my boots. We'll be right back. We got five more segments and uh, go get yourself a tuna sandwich or something. I'm going to give me a drink of Vietnamese green tea. Hold, hold tight. I'm a citizen. And I'm the government. And I'm really excited because it's election season and we've narrowed it down to the two best candidates. I don't really like either of those candidates. Could I see some independent candidates? Ooh, no, they didn't get enough signatures to get on the ballot this year. But the two main people got enough signatures to get on the ballot? No, no, no. They don't need signatures. They're, the two main parties are automatically on the ballot. 
Because they get the most votes every election? Exactly. Because they're automatically on the ballot? Oh, the debate's about to start. I can't wait. These are the two best candidates available. There's nobody else better. Nobody. Hello, I'm a citizen. And I'm the government. There is a cat stuck in a tree. I'll call the police. Okay, uh, I just saw a fender bender. I'll call the police. And uh, there's a homeless lady, looks like she needs some I'll help. I'll call the police. And a parade coming by? Police. A school hall monitor? Police. You know what, I, I'm gonna go join that protest about excessive reliance on police. Oh, I may get to call the military on this one. Hello, I'm a citizen. And I'm the government. My nephew just turned 18. Oh, that's great. To celebrate, he can sign up to go to war. Uh, what? Yeah, when a guy turns 18, they have to sign up to go to a foreign country and kill people with automatic weapons. Okay, yeah. Or, I thought we could celebrate by having a beer. Uh, no. No. No, that is illegal. Uh, he's just a kid. Come on, man. You break that law and we will prosecute him as an adult. We've prosecuted 10-year-olds as adults before. Two police officers were shot by Black Lives Matter rioters in Louisville, Kentucky. The riots were so violent, the National Guard had to be called to guard the hospital where the injured police officers were receiving treatment. This violence follows the death of Breonna Taylor and the news that no criminal charges will be filed against the police officers directly related to her shooting. Although one police officer is charged with wanton endangerment because he recklessly fired shots through the wall into another apartment. Because of this, Black Lives Matter agitators are tearing up the city of Louisville, Kentucky. Here's the thing. These Black Lives Matter agitators are lying about the death of Breonna Taylor. These Black Lives Matter thugs won't tell you the truth about this shooting. So we will. Here are the facts. What happened to Breonna Taylor is a tragedy, no question. This young woman needlessly lost her life, and that's heartbreaking. But was it due to racism because of the color of her skin? Was it due to police brutality? Did the police knock while executing their warrant? Did police announce themselves outside her door? Did Breonna Taylor's boyfriend start shooting first or did the police? Let's answer those questions. Was this shooting due to racism? No, there's no evidence of that. Was it due to police brutality? There's no evidence of that either. Did the police knock while executing their warrant? Yes, police did knock. Did police announce themselves outside her door? Yes, police announced themselves. Did Breonna Taylor's boyfriend start shooting first or did the police? Breonna Taylor's boyfriend fired the first shots at the police officers who then returned fire in self-defense. Is that a tragedy? Yes, it's a tragedy. Is that murder? No. What else would the Black Lives Matter thugs who are destroying the city of Louisville have police do in this situation? Just stand there and wait to be killed while Taylor's boyfriend shot them? It's funny how Democrats who constantly talk about the patriarchy and toxic masculinity refuse to acknowledge the fact that Breonna Taylor's boyfriend's criminal behavior, he fired the first shots that required police to respond in self-defense, endangered Breonna to the point of her death. And those, are the facts. If you watch Joe Biden a lot, you know, sometimes it can be hard to understand what he is saying. Often Joe Biden himself doesn't seem to know what he's saying. 
But we decided to crack the code. So like the football coaches we are at heart, we turn to the tape. It turns out when you assemble the footage from Joe Biden's speeches over the years, a spine comes into view, a consistent message emerges. That message is that Joe Biden is the best person who's ever lived. He is solely responsible for everything good in this world. Watch. I'm the guy after 9-11 said, we will follow bin Laden to the gates of hell if we have to, to get him. I'm the guy that helped bail out the automobile industry. What'd you do, old buddy? I'm the guy that managed the $830 billion. I'm the guy, only guy that's ever beaten him nationally. I've beaten him three times. I'm the guy that got a bipartisan agreement. I'm the guy that ran the recovery act. I'm the guy that set up drug courts. I'm the guy that got sent up to the hill. I'm the guy that helped put together the Iran deal. I'm the guy that got the Brady Bill passed. I'm the guy that asked for the, the, the CDC to keep detailed reports. Obviously, I think I'm the guy, but that's for you to decide. Come on, man. I'm the guy. I'm the guy. I'm the guy they sent up to the Hill. I'm the guy. <laughs> On Tuesday night, Joe Biden will be debating, despite our predictions. Turns out he's actually going to do it, it looks like. One thing we know, he'll be the guy. We're back. So, we got a battle. I am thinking about suing both boards of supervisors, and uh, I'm going to look into it because I'm just tired of of, uh, do-nothings. I am tired of do-nothings, and I'm tired of that damn doctor over there in Yuba City. That woman, you know, I was talking about how the Nazi, uh, the workers, the low men on the totem pole, the low women on the totem pole, well, we just did what we told. That's exactly what's going on here. That doctor should be sued and tried for malpractice. She is forcing people to put masks on, to social distance. Medical science has proven those are bad for you. Actually can cause a person to be sick putting a mask on. She is causing students that nearly, I don't know how more... uh, uh, healthy you can be in your normal way. I don't expect to not get a bug as I go through life, get a little bug someday. Overall, it's like 99.8 recovery rate on COVID. And it's even higher for students. I don't know how, you, what do you go? 105. I don't know how you do. Students aren't getting this and have any problem with it. But you have this fiasco in California. You can't figure out how to start the school system again because you got a communist union, teachers union, and you got a quack governor, and you got parents that can't find their butts with a hole in the hand, uh, with both hands, because they think their kid's going to get sick at school now. When did you ever think you were going to send your kid to school and not get sick? We never worried about that before. Oh, well, he, he, he can't go to school because somebody in that 30-kid class, their mama may have the sniffles, so my kid can't be there. 
you know, we're, we're just having a total meltdown. And at some point, in fact, in, in regarding the school thing, my feeling is this is the time to uh, leave home, evacuate, depart, escape, and, and teach your kid yourself. There are some wonderful teachers in the public school system. Not most of them, but there are some. I've met them. They are so screwed over by the public system. You're far better off just doing it yourself and trying to get them to tutor you, or you can go online. There's all kinds of helps. I, I threatened, I, I plan to get a list together to give you, and I haven't done it yet. I will get it from the Freedom Angels because they got the goods. On their, on their Facebook site, they had a huge list that parents that were, were homeschool aces brought to the, to the Facebook page all these wonderful resources, and I didn't put them down. Anyway, this whole society is so screwed up now because we got communist leaders in the union, teachers union, wanting to overthrow the state. They don't care about the kids. They never cared about the kids. You can't find a, a convention, a teachers union, a national education association, a California teachers association meeting conference where they ever talk about kids. It's just talking about them and getting more money and get more benefits. That's all it is. And getting and driving their agenda. They don't give a crap about kids. Kids are just fodder to get their, uh, get their retirement. And uh, the system is the problem. The individual teacher. Do you know that we, back in the day, when te- when parents actually lived apart from each other, apart from one household to another, they lived. They didn't live in town so much, on farms, and they taught their own kids. Eventually, if enough people live close enough each other, they hired. They looked for a, if somebody who was educated that they could hire as a teacher. And they hired her. And that teacher served at the pleasure of those families. So if they didn't, the plan, families weren't pleased, she would find another job, just like in any other business, right? And so then we got unionized in the 60s around here. And then it was, it was a treat. They treated it as you were, you were they were going to honor you with their presence. And if you didn't treat them really nice, uh, they were going to go out on strike and still get paid. And they, they had all kinds of power. In fact, they dictated the curriculum. It was what the, te- it's a, the, the families back in the day probably said, well, we want this reader and we want, we want our kids to be taught history and, and patriotism out of this book. And now that, that's all dictated. Parents don't even make those choices. It's totally controlled by government and unions. And it's screwed up. The best way to do is to leave it. And you can just cut ties overnight and be happily ever and live happily ever after. Your kids will do much better. Your kids will be smarter than the average public school kid. And you'll be able to do it in half the time. And uh, it's just a, a win-win deal. Now, I know there's, I, there, I know there's single moms uh, or moms that have to work, that have two-parent households. I know that's difficult. But... People can pool their resources. I don't have time to do the whole night on this. But I wanted to bring up this. This, this is what happens when you have a, a school system that now has taken over the lives of the students. It's no longer parent-run. 
Do you get what I'm saying? So in Calusa, uh, if you're not from California, that's a little farming community west of where I'm sitting tonight. And it's primarily all, they just grow food for people. That's their primary gig over there. And it's a beautiful little town. Uh, in fact, that's where I went over and picked up a Beretta that I'll talk about in a second. A Beretta, uh, compact nine millimeter, it's a nice gun, and uh, Kittles Outdoor Supply over there at eight 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 Market Street provided that for us. They sold it to us at a very good price, helped us out a lot, and we are selling tickets for twenty dollars a piece. If you're interested, I'll talk about it in detail in a minute, but. I went over there to get it. Hadn't been over to Clouston in a long time. Lots of nice people. It's a nice town. So so we're doing all these Zoom classes, right? So the high school student, he gets on with the teacher along with other students. And he's sitting. You know, it's kind of like the deal is uh, there's two things going on with these Zoom classes. Parents are checking out the teacher. They say, oh, finally, I'm seeing what's going on here. And the teacher's are getting a nose under the uh, tent uh, skirt into the house. And they see, they hear stuff going on in the background. They see stuff going down in the background. It's a violation of people's privacy, frankly. So anyway, this kid's in his bedroom. And you know how boys, maybe girls do, but I've not been in the girl's bedroom. The We always had posters and things hanging on our walls. You decorate your own room, right? So this boy uh, happened to be a conservative high school student, and he had a Trump 2020 flyer uh, flag hanging on his wall. So as he fired up his computer, the little button, the little hole in the top of the computer where the where the uh, video is behind, picked up the kid's face on Zoom, and then right behind it, uh, you could see the flag. So the kid, hey, it was just a part of the room. It wasn't wasn't a gig. So uh, the teacher then says to the students, quote, student, you can sit up, remove the flag or reposition your camera within the next 15 seconds, 15 seconds, or I'm kicking you out of class. <laughs> I'd have flipped that gal the bird. <laughs> That's I, I thought you. Who you think you are? That's a problem here. Where does that attitude come from? That's because that's a union attitude. I'll be jack slapping you, little boy. The student's mother, Tiffany, says the teacher then began to count down. 15, 14, 13, and did not make it to 10 before Tiffany's son waved goodbye and exited the virtual classroom. Thank you, Jesus. The teacher apparently then apologized don't know what that looked like, but the school board has declined to explain what the rules are. Why are we even staying in schools like this? This is an abomination. This is communism, people. This isn't like a free school, free critical thinking, right? You got a teacher looking at this kid's bedroom, telling him to straighten up his bedroom, right? It's none of your business what kind of bedroom he has. If he has a Nazi flag on it, a communist flag, a Jesus picture, Go to hell, teachers and superintendents. Who do you think you are? This teacher darn class. The teacher apparently then apologized, but the school board has declined to. Anyway, Tiffany and her son asked at last Monday's evening school board meeting that the board clarify the code of God. This is so screwed up. 
And so the guy says on the school board says, no, we're just not, we haven't been given any guidance. Where are you going to get guidance? This has nothing to do with education. The Calusa County Code of Conduct includes a dress code that bans clothes with alcohol or drug symbols, sex messages, profanity, clothing, which degrades any race. It should be ethnicity, but because but they teach that you came from a monkey. So that means since they all believe over there you came from a monkey and they have to teach the kids that, then we have all these races like the black race, the white race, the Asian race, the uh, indigenous people here, the American Indian race. And then they have to then they have to defend why they used to say that blacks were stupider than the average white person. I didn't say that. I don't believe that. I believe that there's a human race. That's it. And we all got the goods. But nowhere in a 38 page document does it mention politics, elections and campaigning. The governing board believes that free and quiet. This this is what this is the other thing that just ticks me off about. God. They have all these fancy paragraphs. Oh, we believe about free inquiry, you liars. Exchange of ideas, you liars. And essential par- are essential parts of democratic education. You don't have a democratic education anywhere in California. You kidding me? The board respects students' rights to express ideas and opinions. That is a lie. Take stands on issues. That's another lie. They mock Christians. They mock you if you're pro-life. They mock you if you want to be abstinent from sex or abstinent from alcohol or drugs. These liars. The school policies generally allow students to to free speech, which includes the wearing of buttons. As long as it's not obscene, libelous, or slanderous. Here's what happens. So the LBGT XYZ MOP people come in with their shirts on and nobody does anything about it because Christian people are respectful. And then the Christian said, thank you, Jesus, on his shirt. And the LBGTQ XYO, they are like hurting my feelings. I can't stand it. I think I'm going to, I think I wet my pants in history. I don't think I can take it anymore. Can you take me home? And so then that, that's libelous and like stern it up. Or I like Trump. It's pretty clear that a student's having a political message as a background in one Zoom class, just like wearing a T-shirt or an armband, is constitutionally protected. Anyway, I'm not going to spend the whole segment on this thing. But it's just another. How come, how come, how come, how come? With all these, the teachers and the principals claim to be the brightest people in the community and we should just grovel before them and just pay them lots of money and then they then they tell the kid take that flag off the wall you little idiot put your bible away you can't bring your bible to school you can't you can't pray pray in school you can't have a you can't have a christian youth club meeting how come these smart people don't read their own law books? My sister said, Lou, you should have, you should be an attorney. She told me that when I was a youngster. I should have. I would have just loved to just spend all my time suing people like Calusa Schools, the Yuba County Board of Supervisors, the Sutter County Board of Supervisors, the two city councils, and walk out with just pockets full of cash and get our democracy back. 
If you think they're going to like wake up one day and have an ice cream sundae and say, oh, we have a constitution. You're just dreaming. You're just dreaming. The problem in the heroin addicts and tweakers, you're tweaked. Your brain is tweaked. You don't know what the hell you're doing in the, on these city council meetings. You're just going along to get along. You ask some attorney that you pay $10,000 a month to hire for, for your uh, retainer. And you just take his word that that's the gospel of the United States of America. And many times it's not even the Constitution. He just makes up. It's just based on some code or some rule. Oh, like I heard that they, the Yuba County uh, County Clerk County uh, Council says, well, you know, if, if you vote to uh, open this county up, you know, it could affect money coming from Sacramento. I think a lot of Yuba County people say, thank God, screw the money. Let's have some potholes. We got potholes. We got a poor county. I want freedom. I want, I want to be, see, I, I want to be, I'm looking for the day, go down the street, no masks. All, all the X's are off the street. Like in the gym tonight, they have the, the different workout deals on the X's. I purposely move them. I just move them. Screw you people. Screw Lou, screw the whole bunch of them. You're nuts. You're totally nuts. And if you should be tried just like the Nazis were tried. And you should be held accountable. You should go to prison. Whatever we could figure out worse to do. When my friends end their life because of the stress that you put on them, that'd be on you. That's not on Trump. That's not on Newsom. That's on our leaders in our county. Otherwise, we don't need supervisors. We don't need city council. Just let Let's let the dictator down the road there, lard hair, run the show. We don't need you. Why would we pay you seventy, eighty, ninety thousand dollars a year? What? What for? All we need is some administrators. Kevin Mallon over here. Mike Mike Smith over there. Just let them run the dude. Get out. Just get out. Go back to farming. Go find something to do. Right? Go go on vacation. Go enjoy your retirement. You're of you're worthless. You're completely worthless. You're worse. You're worse than worthless. The people in the river bottoms got more pop than you do. Tonight, I'm on Facebook, right? Because I noticed some people were trying to contact me. So somebody says that I don't even know who they are. What's the better firearm is a female. And she mentioned two firearms. I can't even remember what they are. Anyway, I commented under uh, my point wasn't either. I just said, oh, oh, uh, how about a Beretta? If you want one, you can buy a raffle ticket for $20 because I'm running, you know, explained it. It's the first time I, because I don't post on Facebook. I just use a messaging thing and communicate with other countries. People work I'm doing in other countries. That's all I said was, you can reach me at this number and if you want to, $20, you can win a gun. They blocked, they took it off Facebook and they said to have community standards. I thought, you know something, I'm just so close to like ditching this Facebook. Then I scroll down and one of our tip volunteers, trauma intervention program, they have taken a photograph of the ticket for our Beretta and posted it and offered it and nobody busted her. And then on down the way, one of the ex-law enforcement guys I know in town, 
he po- he took a picture of a of a, another handgun and he was reminding people hey you could get these handguns at over at union union lumber union something whatever they call it nowadays in marysville there's guns available he was just saying there's guns and nobody blocked him i thought this is so crazy Oh, we have these community standards. I thought you guys have lost your mind. So I saw this meme today. It said Facebook is a perfect example of socialism. You get it for free. You have no say in how it works. The guy runs it is rich. You have no privacy. And if you say one thing they don't like, they shut you up. I thought this is so perfect. I tell my friends what's going on. They, they, my friend who I work with in Vietnam He's Vietnamese. He, he's a homeboy over there. He said, Lou, he's, he watches the international news. He, he is more uh, aware of America's what's going on here than most Americans are. He, he can have a full-blown conversation just like one of my homeboys here. And uh, he started laughing because I said, oh, you, you wouldn't believe it. We got a huge number of people that want to uh, have socialism. He said, oh, Lou, just have him come over here and try it. We, we, let's, do, <laughs> let's do an exchange program. Come over here and try it. I don't think they'll like it over here. It's uh, not, what, <laughs> what you, not what they think it is. It's not what they think it is. And it's a police state. It's a police state. And uh, no, it's not about being anti-police. It's a thing where every part of your life is managed. Where you go, what you do, what you say, everything. And that's what I'm against. That's what I'm doing this podcast about. We're done with our second session. Uh, there's some good clips here. Uh, pay attention, and we'll be right back. We could be a Venezuela, too. You know, Venezuela, 15 years ago, was a very wealthy country. And a very, very wealthy country, prosperous, talked about all over the world. One of the wealthiest and uh, uh, just looked like it had a tremendous future. And then all of a sudden, they went with a different ideology. And it is it, right now, we send water, we send food. They don't have anything. They don't have medicine. They don't have, they literally don't have water. Uh, and they have oil, so it's not just the oil. I mean, they, they haven't done anything right with the oil. They don't know what is happening in that country. That country is a total disaster. It could happen. It could happen. Because if you look at some of these people that you see with the storefronts and breaking down and the riots and everything that's going on, it's the same ideology. That's what happened with Venezuela. One day it was gone. It was just gone. And so, uh, you know, it could happen here. This would be a Venezuela on a major steroids. The year 2020 has been a great political testing for the American people. We've seen an alleged pandemic give way to the allowance of governmental divinity. And following closely on its heels is the reoccurring issue of racial discrimination and hatred. With rioting and emergency laws taking the precedent of most all current political issues, I found myself surrounded by both conservatives and liberals battling over what the true solution to America's problems is. Those on the left seem convinced that the removal of Donald Trump as American's president blatant pandering to the will of the mob and the reinforcement of democratic government's control will save America from its impending doom. Those of the opposing right wing believe that salvation may be found in President Trump's re-election, a lockdown on lawlessness and the enhanced ability of the Republican Party's control over America. 
Although these parties are so diametrically opposed to each other in their beliefs, both will inevitably choose to employ the metric of a gradually more controlling government to complete their objectives. But would a stronger government truly be able to solve the problems ailing us? Could any form of government be fully capable of saving the people of America from every one of these issues? Samuel Adams, the father of the American Revolution, knew the answer to this fundamental question and said this concerning it. Neither the wisest constitution nor the wisest laws will secure the liberty of happiness of a people whose manners are universally corrupt. Adams perfectly summarized the entirety of this governmental dilemma, saying that there is no version of a law or a constitution or a government for that matter that is capable of protecting the people's rights from men who are naturally bound to destroy it. Safety cannot and will not ever be found in a government whose parts are comprised of a people bound to naturally corrupted passions. What then can save America? The answer is God. As the creator of government, he is the only one who can truly govern a people to its best. In other words, there is no version of a secular government that can contend with the unhinged passions of its people. God is the only one capable of this impossible task. When a people acknowledge God as the creator and giver of their rights and the ultimate foundation on which freedom is built, they will live in the peace and prosperity in which he created them. The founders of America were very clear in their understanding of this fact. Following his original statement, Samuel Adams again said, Could I be assured that America would remain virtuous, I would venture to defy the utmost efforts of enemies to subjugate her. Solidifying their belief that no government formed and operated without God as its authority, our founding fathers created American law with an absolute acknowledgement of God as the only foundation capable of securing their rights. There's only one thing that can save America, and it is not the government. It is not the Democratic Party or the Republican. It is God. And if we, the people of America, do not return to the fundamental submission of God as our authority, we will never truly see the unabridged peace. here we go again. A few weeks ago, Nancy Pelosi lives in San Francisco. That's her area. She is shown on a security video walking after getting her hair washed, walking through a building without a mask on to get her hair. I guess they call it blowed out or blown or something. Anyway, looking fine. Okay. And so people because that hair salon had been shut down and they served Nancy because it was Nancy. That's the way communists work. In other words, you're screwed, but if we need you, you'll work. That's the way Gavin, while he was shutting down restaurants, he ate at restaurants while he shut down wineries. He, he, he kept his winery open. He shut down places to shop his, uh, his lady and his kids, had shops open specifically for him. That's how communist communism works. If you don't like it, you better get up and do something about it. You whining about it. You, you're not willing to do anything. You're not willing to get registered to vote. You're not willing to give any money to a candidate. You're screwed. So Diane Feinstein now 
There was a big hullabaloo, and of course, Nancy Pelosi blamed that she was set up. What a liar. What a liar. I can see my communists, my friends who lived in communist countries before the fall of communism, they were fit to be tied. They were fit to be tied. Finally, I don't know whether Kochescu in Romania, I can't remember. I can't remember whether they hung him and his wife or they shot them both. I, I thought, oh, baby, I would have been on that team. I would have been on that team. I am so fed up with this baloney already. I, 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 my sister contact, my sister, my daughter contacted me last night on text and, and she asked me a couple of medical questions and then she said, how's it going? I said, it ain't going very good up here. You mean you're not feel, you're not good. You're personally, I said, no, I'm, I'm, I'm at the top of my game, girl. I'm, I'm designed for this. This is my day and time. This is what I was born to be. But I said, I am totally done with this government. And like her husband's working for the sheriff's department down there. And uh, so this is what communism is. They haven't declared it yet, but we're living it. Government overreach. And it's happened. Oh, it's not happening in Sacramento. Oh, it's happening. No, it's right here. You got it right up your business, right in your business. You got it. So now we got the Pelosi thing. She's a liar. Then you got the idiot, 87 year old. I don't even know what's holding this gal together. Botox, dope. Uh, I don't know. Plaster of Paris. I don't know what they hold. I mean, so she's showing walking through the airport this week at Dulles. And my friends just all went out there to Washington, D.C., you know. Uh, to the big old demonstration prayer time, the call, they call it, no, the return. I think they call it the return. Anyway, I don't know how many people there. It looks like a lot of people. It was a big meeting, a couple days. And so then then they started to scatter. They're all from Yuba City, a lot of them from the church I go to. And so they started to scatter. So the pastor, Dave Bryan, had to fly from, I don't know whether it's Dulles or one of those airports back there. He had to fly to, to uh, Nashville to speak on Sunday. So he, he gets to Southwest and uh, they start harassing. He's got a, one of those cloth masks, right? Says Trump 2020 on it. So he's pulling it down, leaving it down. He's walking through the airport and people are staring at him, giving their mad dog at him, casting shade, throwing shade on him, mad dog at him. So when he gets up to Southwest to check in, you know, to get on the plane, he pulls it up. The, the gal says, hey, you got to keep that thing up. Keep it, keep it up, keep it up, keep it above your nose, da, 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 da. So anyway, they had to comment to him a couple of times. Finally, he gets on. They said, we're throwing you off the plane. Southwest Air. Now, I had a problem with him in Las Vegas. They said, you either got to put on that damn mask or work. And I said, I got trouble breathing with that thing on. They said, we don't care whether you have trouble breathing. We'll watch you. In other words, if you fall over, we'll stand you back up. So finally, the captain on my plane in Las Vegas came on and said, it's a state law in California and Nevada. Now that then I thought, I got to fly with this dude. The guy's a damn liar. He's a liar. He's a liar and an idiot. Right. You can't have it both ways. You can't be a smart guy and buy into this mass thing. So this gal said, we promised our customers. In fact, I got the audio. I don't know whether I can. I don't know if I can fit it into this show or not later on. <clears throat> we So he sent me the audio. This gal telling, we promised our customers that we are going to protect them safely. Honestly, have you, have you flown lately? It's ridiculous. 
they think that this COVID is not going to leap the middle seat. How I am. I've got an aisle seat and it, and there's an aisle and the, the gal serving the drinks, she's doesn't can't have COVID cause she's a server and her butt is like bumping into my, my shoulder, right? Her butt. And, and I'm not getting COVID off her, right? Because she's, you can't get COVID from a flight attendant or from a pilot who's an idiot and a liar. But it, but other people are going up and down the aisle, taking a pee, doing this, doing that. They're, we're brushing up against each other. It's like stuff. But we got this little seat in between. The middle seat is like the barrier. All the COVID are hanging out in the little barrier. And we're keeping you. Oh, well, we scrub the Southwest the Southwest, uh, whatever they call that, stem to stern, tip to, tip to tail, I think they call it. We just scrub the dickens out of it. I thought, oh, yeah, baby. So they threw him off the plane, said you can't fly with Southwest anymore until this whole controversy is over. I thought, you people have lost your minds. You're all a bunch of idiots and liars. So Feinstein... Nobody stops her at Dulles Airport. She walks right through. A pilot is walking right next to her, all masked up. So uh, it's interesting because uh, there's no big, you know, people are complaining about it. Now they're writing about it. It's like Fauci at throwing out the first ball at the national uh, baseball game. He, he didn't have his mask up. So Tucker Carlson says, we can be sure of one thing. This isn't really Dianne Feinstein's fault. Just like when the hair salon framed Dan, Nancy Pelosi when she was caught not wearing a mask while getting her hair done. Dulles Airport, the diabolical FBO, probably masterminded the whole thing. Now, uh, Feinstein is so senile that she had a Chinese dude driving her for 20 years, right? He, he was always a spy for the Chinese government, right? If that would have happened to a conservative Republican, do you think that they would just disappear off the media? For 20 years, he was up in her business. He heard, overheard her phone calls. He probably got paid, saw, oversaw paperwork. Unbelievable. What a witch. On June 30th, Feinstein penned a letter to the FAA, Federal Aeronautics Administration, and the FTA, Federal Transportation Administration, urging the agencies to implement mandatory mask mandates at airports, on airplanes, and on public transit across the U.S. I write to urge you to implement a better Please do it. I ask that you issue guidance as soon as possible so passengers can have a clear understanding. Well, some trances ain't. Anyway, I got the letter right here on my deal, but I don't want to bother you with it. She started all this mass Nazi. You got to do it or we're going to come after you. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention recommend a comprehensive strategy to protect oneself from its exposure to coronavirus while traveling. Oh, you got to have a mask on. It's like using a condom with a bunch of pinholes in it. Come on, man. Some doctors have said the mask to 
The virus is like a chain link fence to a mosquito. It just doesn't have any impact. And we have just bought into it. Some people are so proud of their masks. They got like cool masks and they're all kind of like having like, it's like a part of their costume. It's a part of their look. It's a part of their, it matches things. It's like all bad and everything. Oh, just like, oh yeah, they love it. It's like, then they go around, they feel like, oh, I'm like, it's like a doctor. She says the World Health Organization updated its guidance on June 5th to specifically cite public transit as an important part. All these guidelines, BS, 100%, not like 50%, BS, 100% people. If you bought into this, sucker, big sucker, punked, you got punked. Just wear a mask the rest of your life. Go ahead and do it. Walk around at the Little League games. If they ever start Little League again, wear a mask. Wear a mask on the back and the front of your head. Do a double dandy. Wear one on your crotch. That's probably going to cause you more problems in your breathing. Now, this is, the, this is the latest public health. This is so ridiculous. This should be opposed by every parent, September 29th. This is a summary of outdoor playgrounds. Do you know now, you know, for all my life, no one had any rules on playgrounds. You just tried to respect people, right? City playground doesn't cost you anything. It's just open area. You just go there and you take your kid and you take a ball and a bat or you take Frisbees or you do take a sandwich or, you know, you just go. No rules. No like, oh, you got to do it this way. You got to do it this way. We have rules here. Nurse Ratchet. Outdoor playgrounds and other out. This is now we have to have these declarations, these writs from the governor. So they do a summary. And they discuss, oh, we wanted the guidance provides direction on usage of outdoor playgrounds and outdoor recreational facilities to support a safe environment for children and families to apply to playgrounds. These apply to located in parks, campgrounds, and other publicly accessible. The guidance does not apply to indoor. Then they have to define everything. It's like a contract. You can't go anywhere without looking at the contract. Well, can we go there? Well, what do we have to wear? Well, can we wear a mask? Well, could we wear them at two masks? Do we have to wear a condom? Do we have to bring condoms? Is there a place to pee? Can you just pee on the grass like in the old days? Outdoor playground definitions. We, we can't even agree on a playground anymore. What is a playground? It's this. This is what the doctor said. Or this is what the governor said. Fully, fully outdoors, publicly accessible, free to enter and use, operated by city, state, federal, county. Designed primarily to serve nearby residents within a half mile. Well, there you have it. I never knew that. I thought, well, what if I live a three quarters of a mile away? Could I come? Can provide state mandated outdoor space for preschools, which could be scheduled in advance to avoid overlapping use. Typically includes recreational equipment. It might have play structures, slides, swings. You never know. Intended to enrich children's physical health. And they, I, I would have never known. I would have a playground. This is it. A playground enriches children's physical health and development. Who would have known that? An angel from above told us that. Visitors to outdoor playgrounds must comply. This is where, this is just, should I get my Uzi out now? Visitors to outdoor playgrounds must comply with the following rules. Face masks over the mouth and the nose are required for every 
two years of age and older. Two-year-old kid, that sucker slap his face if he don't put a mask on. With caregiver supervision at all times to ensure face mask compliance. Do not use playground when different households are unable to maintain a physical distance of 60. Don't you let dare let your son go over and kiss that blue-eyed blue blonde girl or that black kid. Hug them, wrestle with them, pull their pants down. You got to maintain six feet at all times. Caregivers must monitor the and keep adults from ch and children from different households. In other words, households can never come into contact. Consider coming on different times or days to avoid wait times and potential crowded times. No eating or drinking at the playground, you bad person. To ensure face masks are worn at all times. Like if you if you are like dehydrated and you're going to pass out, don't you dare remove that mask. Wash or sanitize hands before and after using the playground. Don't you dare go over there and dig in the dirt without washing your hands first. Elderly and persons with underlying medical conditions should avoid playgrounds when others are present. In other words, the elderly can only go there alone when they're thinking about shooting themselves in the temple or taking an overdose or hanging themselves on the low-hanging branch. Elderly people need to be completely isolated or put in rest homes loaded with COVID so we can snuff them as soon as possible. Limit the visit to 30 minutes per day when others are present. That's it. Go home. Get inside. Stay inside, I tell you. You can't come outside. Facility operators should download and print this flyer to post at all playgrounds. We want it on every tree. Put it around every slide. Put it on every bench. Put stacks of them in distri distribution boxes. All playground facility operators should review the following recommendations. This is pure communism, people. This is, this is exactly what our forefathers' new government would become if you let liberal people go nuts with it, and that's what we've got. Every facility needs to study this and be an expert. An adult must actually supervise each child at all times to make sure that children are two years of older and older. Keep their face masked. <laughs> children who are supervised by the same adult must stay together in the same play area, play the structures at all times to allow active supervision. If an infant or child requires attention, nursing, diapering, they haven't missed anything. If we need to, like, squeeze it, oh, they got it covered here somewhere. That precludes an adult from actively supervising other children using the playground. The adult should ask the other children to leave the play structure and stay by the adult side until needed care is complete. Don't poop your pants. It screws up the whole event. That's the moral of the story. People standing outside the playground, including people waiting to enter the playground, should remain six feet from the da-da-da. Maintain six feet. Maintain six feet. Do this six feet. Increase cleaning of frequently touched services. Daily is practical. Oh, yeah, bring wipes. Bring like a big wheelbarrow full of wipes to wipe down every surface on that playground. This is unbelievable. People determine and post maximum occupancy of each structure. Climbing structure, slides, swings, spinning structure, sand areas with six feet vertical and horizontal distance. 
determined. I'm telling you, it just it just goes on and on and on. It's like a you get a PhD in this if you're running a playground. Six foot distance, six foot distance, cover, 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 mass, 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 six foot distance. Don't don't touch any other anybody that isn't named your name. You can't you can't interact with them. Don't even look at them. Don't talk to them. Don't say anything. Older people stay by yourself unless you need some help committing suicide. Child care programs, schools, out of time programs and other programs for children and youth where children must remain in cohorts. I love these all these state terms, cohorts. I'm now it's got to be were you. Hey, were you in a cohort yesterday? Was that a kind of a fart? Is that what that is? A cohort? Cohort? Co-fart? Remaining cohorts may not use playgrounds during times when they are open to the public. However, if the playground, it's just so ridiculous, people. So unbelievable. And our supervisors, we, all, all our supervisors, city council have to say is tell our health officer who put this out. Don't be putting that out in this community. Our playgrounds are totally open. We ain't having no rules, right? If I was on a board, we ain't having no rules on our playgrounds like that. We're not going to, we're going to let people mix it up if they want to. If they don't want to, that's called freedom. You want to mix it up? You want to go hang out with that family over there? We never met him before. You want to play with that boy over there? Go go play with that boy. That That's freedom. Oh, well, we can't go over there. That's what the state says. You want to run your, the supervisors bought into this. They are on hook, line, and sinker. Oh, behind the scenes. Oh, no. Oh, no. We, we're against it. We're against it. We're against it. We don't like Gavinism. But when they get up to vote, oh, well, we can't do anything about it. Now, they, none of them go to parks anymore. They just go home and have a highball or smoke some weed. Right? But for the people in the playground, oh, you can't do this. You can't do that. You can't do that. Well, the state, state, state. Instead of selling the, telling the public health person, listen, our playgrounds, our rivers, our streams, our hiking, the, the, the buttes, wherever people want to go, if they're free to go there, if they can go on that property, they're free to do it. And we're going to leave the cleanliness of their kids up to them. Pretty soon on this Zoom, what here's what's going to happen. They're going to be looking in your house, and they're going to send somebody by from Dr. Lou's office. That's L-U-U, Dr. Lou, the health officer, to like say, oh, we think it's time for you to clean your house. And if you don't clean your house, then we're going to have to do something about taking your kids out of here. You see what I'm going with this? This is like, I didn't even read you all the rules to go to the park. You hear what I'm saying? We're done with the third segment here. We're going to get something to relax. I'm going to drink some tea. We'll be right back. Well, Olivia is taken, but a look like hers can be found from time to time. Yeah, Olivia is taken, but a look like hers can be found from time to time. Trump nominates a woman who has seven kids, some of which are adopted, some of which are black, and we are all just dying to see how the left is going to spin this and how they're going to try and deface Amy Coney Barrett. So every time I'm in a store without a mask on, I can see everybody like looking at me like, how did she get in here without a mask on? 
And the secret is when you're walking in and they say, excuse me, ma'am, you need to be wearing a mask to enter. You look at them and you say, no, that's it. Open caring helps also. What's going on, everyone? It's Andy Singer with the Heartland Institute, bringing you more from climaterealism.com. So today we're going to talk about why a lot of the temperature stations around the United States are inaccurate. When I say inaccurate, they are showing more warming than what's actually taking place. Well, why is this? First, it's, it's a really simple, to be honest. It's a very just intuitive thing. But if you go into the middle of a parking lot with black asphalt, do you think it's going to be warmer there? Or do you think it's going to be warmer in the middle of a grassy field? It's going to be warmer on the parking lot with the black asphalt. And that's what's known as our urban heat island. It's essentially where heat is amplified in certain areas due to artificial means. So in the middle of cities and parking lots, just places like that versus in nature. So it's not indicative of the like actual temperatures increasing. It's just that, oh, well, there's a lot of buildings here. There's a lot of gravel, asphalt, whatever. So temperatures are a little higher. Now, many of the temperature stations in the United States are in these urban heat islands, and that's why they are faulty. And here's what I'll say. Almost half of reported U.S. warming disappears when reporting only the uncorrupted stations. So the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, NOAA, they have stations all around the United States. My colleague Anthony Watts has done a lot of work on it, and he found that the majority of them are faulty. And by faulty, they're near urban heat islands. When you eliminate those and you only report the stations that are actually bringing uncompromised data in, much of the warming that's been reported eliminated. It's literally due to development. It's not due to actual overarching trends. Here, let me actually show you a few pictures of what I'm talking about. All right, so you're checking out a weather station used for climate data in the middle of a parking lot at the University of Arizona Atmospheric Sciences Department in Tucson. So obviously this station is going to report higher temperatures than what are actually taking place. It's near cars. It's in the middle of a parking lot. It's near buildings. It's, it's definitely going to be faulty. Here's another one. This is a NOAA temperature sensor used for climate data, of course, located on a street corner in Admore, Oklahoma. And this as well, it's going to be corrupted due to the presence of the street right next to it, to the buildings near it, the cars nearby. This is just another urban heat island that's going to corrupt the data coming out from this weather station. And it's going to show more heating, more warming than actually exists. On average, urban heat islands increase the global surface temperature by almost 50%. That much. Almost 90% of U.S. temperature stations have been compromised by urbanization effects. That means 90% of the weather stations out there that are reporting the temperature that we're told is creating the crisis is due to an urban heat island, that warming that, that is observed. And the warming is still not catastrophic, but what they are observing is, is not even what's actually happening. It's just due to urbanization and urban heat islands. So the truth is, temperatures that are being reported aren't even true. We're, we're literally just using these, these temperature stations that were created long ago that probably were in rural areas at the time, but as development has continued to push out and expand, they're actually now in urban areas that are just reporting way too high of temperatures. So the temperature readings are faulty. And we at the Heartland Institute are of the opinion that we should only report the data that's not dealing with urban heat islands. But apparently a lot of climate alarmists don't agree with that. I wonder why. It's Andy Singer with the Heartland Institute. I hope this helps you out. Until tomorrow. Peace. There's a different congregation at Cholo Church. The people at Cholo Church, the Lord has really brought them through some stuff. And by stuff, I mean 10 to 15.
how the guy was giving the announcements when I first walked in to Cholo Church. Y'all, what's up, eh? Church about to get started. I'm gonna have to ask y'all to take your seats. If you don't have a seat, one will be appointed to you. <laughs> y'all, what's up, eh? You need some seats in the back? You need some seats? Hey, Sabaski, come right here in the front. Come right here in the front. What'd I say? Why are you acting all scared for? Uh, you're pointing at me with your hand shaped like a gun. It's literally a handgun. But this church was legit, though. I gotta give them that. They were straight up. They were legit. Like, when I say you could see Jesus on him, I mean literally, because he had him tattooed right here. Straight dedicated. Circumstance beyond our control. A pigeon from hell Through oh, sand in our eyes And descended like flies all right, this is our fourth segment. Let me just take a second here and uh, thank Monty Hecker. Uh, Monty, I've been running around <clears throat> trying to get signs up and uh, for Tamika Hamilton. And my friends at Glad Tidings said, Lou, we don't even know who you're talking about. You're not pronouncing her name right. I said, uh, Tamika, you got a problem with that? They said, yeah, it's Tamika. I said, well, excuse me. Now, this is where I like my Mexican friends, because in Mexican, there are rules in speaking Mexican. And when you line up vowels and consonants a certain way, but if you follow the rules, it doesn't matter whether you ever knew the person before or not. You can pronounce their name. It's all pronounced the same. You do not, like in America, get to come up with the pronunciation you're in. So the woman that was telling me this, Lou, you don't even know what you're talking about. You don't know how to pronounce the woman's name. You're putting up campaign signs for Tamika Hamilton. It's Tamika, T-A-M-I-K-A. Now, how would I know that that's Tamika unless you put like little accent marks and all kinds of stuff on there? And so her name is T-A-R-A, the gal that was telling me. And I said, just like your name, I got a problem with your name as well. I would call you Tara, but I know you like it, Tara. Now, the, the English language is screwed up like that. People just spell their names however they want, and then they pronounce their names however they want. And you got to guess at it. It's like a game. So, Monty Hacker at Lee Universal Security, I've been out there picking up signs for Tamika Hamilton who is running against John Garamendi for third district congressman. Listen, vote for Tamika Hamilton. She's a great gal. I gotten to know her. I've written an article about her in the territorial dispatch. You can look at territorialdispatch.com. It wasn't this week. It was probably last week. And it just says uh, Hamilton Garamendi versus Hamilton or something like that. Garamendi, Hamilton, congressional race, District 3 race, something like that. Anyway, I tell the story about her. <clears throat> and uh, so I was out picking up signs from Monty, and I just want to give him a shout-out because he helps me do this show financially. 
uh, he didn't pay me a salary, but he helps pay some of the overhead costs, the tech, technical stuff and using a techie to uh, tantrum artist down in Texas to merge everything, get it up on the online and everything. So anyway, I like to promote his business because not only does he help me, but he helps lots of other people. He's a patriot. He's retired from the Air Force and he likes to hire Air Force or military people. And uh, he helps a lot of people go from security guard business into law enforcement. And so he's elite universal security started the business and they operate in Northern California and all the way up to Oregon border. And that's where we are, Yuba Sutter counties. And, uh, but he's operating all the way down into the capital Sacramento County. And so you can reach him at five, five, four, eight feather River Boulevard. You could go out there or you could call him if you want a job or if you want some signs, he has signs for, um, for Tamika Hamilton. He also has signs for recall Newton Newsom, and he has uh, the petitions for recall Newsom, Re- recall Newsom signs, recall Newsom petitions, and Tamika Hamilton signs. So uh, you can they're there about twenty four hours a day every day. They're working dogs out there, and uh, so if you want a job, he will train you. And uh, he just wants people that are serious about getting a job, getting work, getting a career, not doing weed, not not doing psychedelics, meth, heroin, cocaine. You're done with that. When you're done with that, come and see him. You got a, If you got a gnarly record, that may be an issue, but call him up. He'll talk to you. There's Monty Hecker. He's a great guy. And uh, he's always trying to help the right people get elected, which a lot of us, more of us need to do that. Some of you don't even vote. Some of my some of my compadres there in the church, they say 40% of Christian people don't vote. Now, you say, why do you isolate them out, Lou? How come you're doing that? Because the Bible says that if you're saying you're a Christian, you ought to act like it. And acting like you're a Christian is being salt and light in whatever community, in in whatever political system you're in. Now, if you're in communism, and they say, we don't want your input, and if you do, we'll chop your head off, put you in prison, jerk you around. Maybe you can't do some of these things. But in America, you can run for office. You can be on a committee. You can be on a planning commission. You can be on all kinds of commissions. You can run for city council, supervisors. You could run for all kinds of things. That's why... Uh, Tamika said that she felt after she'd been a career Air Force lady, her husband's a cop, and she felt like God spoke to her. She said, oh, that can't be God because I don't even, I don't even, this isn't my gig, politics. But uh, she made it her gig. You know something, that there's no, uh, politics serving at that level is kind of a calling. It should be a calling just like pastoring should be a calling. A lot of people do it because they just, they want a job and they're not good at it. I've met most pastors I've met are actually horrible at pastoring. In fact, they should quit and go like work at Walgreens or Walmart or one of the walls and just, they're all smiley guys and everything, right? They're not in it for a fight, right? So that's why I like the guys I run with. They'll throw down. You want to throw down? They'll throw down. 
So somebody threatened the church last Sunday. They had they they all our all our security people rolled out there. You want to come out here and try to blow something up? We'll we'll help you. We'll help you. We'll get it. We'll we'll just let, make this a community effort to throw down. I told my my daughter that, and I said we we are not going to put up with this baloney. And so uh, anyway, you can get involved with Monty Hecker, and he will help you get involved in the guard business. And I encourage you to do that. Also, I want to just mention before we get on to the next thing, we're over halfway done. Greenitz Construction. I saw where Dave Greenitz got an award through the local appeal Democrat. They do this award system where you can vote and on your favorite contractor, your favorite eatery, your favorite Italian place, your favorite pizza place, your favorite, favorite salon. And, uh, you know, it's a razzle-dazzle to help them make money, which that's fine. We live in a capitalistic society. I don't have a problem with it. But the fact is people do vote and people do care. So Dave Green has got this high award and uh, as people's favorite contracting firm, one of the favorites. And uh, not all contracting firms are the same. Like you have the big, really big firms that do these massive projects, build schools, build hospitals, take on, you know, build strip malls. And then you have Greenest Construction. They they take on and they remodel your kitchens, baths, front, you know, front entryways, build decks, <clears throat> build really cool stuff, really custom stuff. And so um, anyway, Dave Greenitz is one of our sponsors as well. And he's helped me from the time we started in radio over, it's been about seven years between radio and here. By the way, some of you that know when I was on the radio on KMYC, I left there and then the owner died and then it sold to another great guy in town, Ernie Friesen. He was going to, you know, take it over, put new equipment in, you know, upgrade it, da, da, da. And then somebody arsoned the building. And so people have been calling me, say, hey, how come how come 1410's off the air, you know, da-da-da. Well, I just recently, the last few days, I've been noticing they're back on the air. I don't think they're back on all the time yet, but I've been hearing some of my shows, and it sounds really crisp. The sound's good, 1410 AM. Uh, I don't know whether they have their FM up yet. They have a simulcast on FM. But way to go, Ernie Friesen, and way to go all the people that helped them do that. But it should be bigger and better. They're going to Im- improve the uh, signal. I was over when I was over in uh, Kittles in Calusa County to get the Beretta purchased, you know, so we could sell the tickets. The guy over there, I said, hey, I don't, here's some paperwork on tips so you know we're for real. He said, oh, no, no, I know you guys. He said, I always listen to 1410 and listen to the radio program on, on Saturday. So anyway, it's nice to meet people that enjoyed the show. And uh, so the station is back up. People keep asking me what what will happen. What Are they going to rebuild it? So somehow they're on the air. I know they haven't rebuilt it out there, but they may be doing it through smoke and mirrors. But I, I heard three shows today, and I thought, come on, man. There's some good shows on here right now. So, uh, so anyway... Best wishes to Ernie and uh, Ernie Friesen, who has a an RV operation here in the Yuba Sutter area. Been here for many decades. Been here for decades. And uh, so I want to, uh, I just wish him well. I just wanted to come back, and a lot of people want the, the station to be back. So I'm trying to look for a... Uh, 
thing here that I want to talk about and read you. Here it is. Okay, we're close, I think. Sorry, it's just I got a lot listed here that I'm not going to get to today, but I just, there was a lot of good stuff out there to put together for this show. Okay, I want to read you this. It's a story. Sometimes people like my stories. This isn't anything I make up. This is a true story, and it's in a book that I'm going to order a copy because I was so taken with the stories. It's called The Heroes of Faith. <clears throat> There's a number of books called Heroes of Faith. Some are Christian books. This is actually about the Holocaust. And uh, <clears throat> this is so powerful. Uh, I want you to just use your mind right now and imagine this situation. When a train filled with a large transport of Jewish prisoners arrived at one of the Nazi killing centers, Many Polish Gentiles, that means non-Jews, came out to watch the latest group as they were taken away. As the disoriented Jews were gathering their possessions to take with them into the camp, on the, on the train into the camp, a Nazi officer in charge called out to the villagers and, and standing by and said, Anything these Jews leave behind you may take for you, yourselves because for sure they will not be coming back to collect them. Okay? These villagers are not Jews. They're, they're just Polish folk. Two Polish women who were standing nearby saw a woman towards the back of the group getting ready to board the train, wearing a large, heavy, expensive coat. Not wanting for anyone else to take that coat before them, they ran to the Jewish woman and knocked her to the ground grabbed her coat, and scurried away. Moving out of sight of the others, they quickly laid the coat down on the ground to divide the spoils of what was hiding inside. Rummaging through the pockets, they giddily discovered gold jewelry, silver, candlesticks, and other heirlooms. They were thrilled and with their find, but as they lifted the coat again, it still seemed a little heavier than it should. Upon further inspection, they, they found a secret pocket, and hidden inside the coat was a baby a baby girl, a tiny baby girl. Shocked at the discovery, one woman took pity and insisted to the other, I don't have any children, and I'm too old to give birth now. You take the gold and silver and let me have the baby. The Polish woman took her new daughter home to her delighted husband. They raised a Jewish girl as their own, treated her very well, but never telling her anything about her history. The girl excelled in her studies and even became a doctor working as a pediatrician in a hospital in Poland. When her mother passed away many years later, a visitor came to pay her respects at the funeral home. An old woman invited herself in and said to the daughter, I want you to know that the woman that passed away last week was not your real mother. And she proceeded to tell her the whole story. The daughter did not believe her at first, but the old woman insisted. When we found you, she said, you were wearing a beautiful gold pendant with strange writing on it, which must be Hebrew. I'm sure that your mother kept the necklace. Go and see for yourself. Indeed, the woman went into her deceased mother's jewelry box and found the necklace just as the elderly lady had described. She was shocked. It was hard to fathom that she had been of Jewish descent, but, she, but the proof was right there in her hand. 
As this was her only link to a precious life, a previous life, she cherished the necklace. She had it enlarged to fit her neck and wore it every day, although she thought nothing more of her Jewish roots. Sometime later, she went on on a holiday abroad and came came across two Jewish boys standing on a main street trying to interest Jewish passerbys to wrap tefillin on their arms, which is for males, or accept Shabos candles to light on Friday afternoon for females. Seizing the opportunity, she told them her entire story and showed them the necklace. The boys confirmed that a Jewish name was inscribed on the necklace but did not know about her status. They recommended that she write a letter to her, their mentor explaining everything. If, every, if ever, anyone would know what to do, it would be him, they said. She took her, their advice and sent off a letter that very day. She received a speedy reply saying that it is clear that the, from the facts that she is a Jewish girl and perhaps she would consider using her medical skills in Israel where talented pediatricians were needed. Her curiosity was piqued and she traveled to Israel where she consulted a rabbinical court who declared her Jewish. Soon she accepted, uh, she was accepted into the work at the hospital and eventually met her husband and raised a family there. In August 2001, a terrorist blew up the Sparrow Cafe in the center of Jerusalem. The injured were rushed to the hospital where this woman worked. One patient was brought in, an elderly man in a state of shock. He was searching everywhere where for his granddaughter who had become separated from him. Asking how they could recognize her, the frantic grandfather gave a description of a gold necklace that she was wearing. Eventually, they finally found her among the injured patients. At the sight of this necklace, the pediatrician froze. She turned to the old man and said, where did you buy this necklace? He said, you can't buy a necklace like this. I am the goldsmith, and I made this necklace. Actually, I made two identical pieces for each of my daughters. This is my granddaughter from one of them, and my other daughter did not survive the war. And this is the story of how a Jewish girl brutally torn away from her mother on a Nazi camp platform almost 60 years ago, was united with her father. It was taken from the book Heroes of Faith, and uh, I am looking forward to getting that book, and I want to read some more stories like this. So uh, there is a insidious, devilish, satanic, stream of thought that some people aren't as valuable as other people on the planet. And there's a stream of thought that says that we have a population problem. That lie is from the pit of hell. Jesus said, Satan is a liar. He told the Pharisees, he he said, your father is a liar. Your father, Satan. There has been a lie, and it's been propagated by intellectuals in this country and in other countries. It's called eugenics. And it is that that some parts of our human race aren't as good as other parts, and we need to eliminate them. And they keep contriving this thing. This includes people like Bill Gates. It was included as Father Bill Gates. The Bill Gates we know today, and many others, uh, today that believe that we need to re- reduce, drastically reduce the world's population. 
I always wondered about this because uh, Paul Ehrlich wrote a book when I was teetering on radicalism in college. He was a Stanford or I think Stanford, a USC professor, and he wrote a book called The Population Bomb. And they prophesied or predicted that there was going to be mass famine, all kinds of problems. None of it, not one thing they said came to pass, but they became in the the liberal uh, world, they became heroes and lauded and got all kinds of awards. And not one, they wrote a book, sold millions of copies, and not one thing was true about the book. And it wasn't fiction. It was nonfiction. There is no population problem. So when I started to travel overseas for the Church of Glad Tidings, they'd fly me to India, fly me to China, fly me to Indonesia, fly me here, fly me there, Philippines. I thought, I'd fly all all these countries. I thought, even flying over the United States, I said, there's not many people around here. We're all these millions, billions, billions, millions, hundreds of millions, billions. The earth has just got a lot of ground on it. And I used to, it got me to thinking, like, what's the problem here? And so when I come back, I'm going to talk a little bit about population problem because the liars, uh, Bill Gates has been trying to kill people down there in India and Africa. It's called genocide. And he's probably trying to stop girls from having babies and sterilizing them, all kinds of stuff with vaccines. I'm not going to get into that detail, but I want to just give you a little perspective on population. Be right back. California, here I come, where I can live with all the bums. Junkies and flunkies live on the street. Pieces of feces underneath Pelosi's feet. California, what a state. The perfect place to defecate is right beside that golden gate. California, here I come. California, here I come, where all the actors are so dumb. They shame me and blame me for climate change. Preaching with speeches, then fly out on their private planes. They tell me that I have to quit. Then they do the opposite. They're all so full of Adam Schiff. California, here I come. Oh, California, here I come A sanctuary city slum Ladies with babies living with rats Abort them, deport them From not a favorite Democrat California, I've been blue Since I've seen what you've turned into We need to pooper scooper you California, here I some people on this app have been telling me I've never experienced racism. I've experienced it with whites and honestly more so with blacks on this app and many races, you name it. But like, how do I choose to deal with it? I choose not to be oppressed about it. I know my worth. I know I have many opportunities and I can be successful if I work for it. Just like you guys too. You will run into people who are racist. Regardless of who the person who is racist towards you was or is, just know they're not a good person. Simple. We will never be able to get rid of bad people or bad cops and racism, it's not going anywhere. There's been good and bad people from the beginning of time along with racism. Racism won't end. But what can change is how you choose to take it and deal with it. Hey there, I'm trying to appropriate something to do with black culture to score political points. I was thinking maybe something African. One of those hats or a scarf. Do Africans wear scarves? A kente scarf! 
How do you say that again? Interesting. What do they look like? I mean, would they look good on a large group of fake, sad-looking boomers trying to jump on an anti-racism bandwagon? They would? Excellent. Because I really need something that's gonna make a bunch of really rich and privileged white people look like they care about black people, you know. Like an acceptable black face. And these are really colorful? And they're from Nigeria. They're from Ghana? Isn't that South America? We tried dozens and dozens of adoption agencies. You name it, we tried it. China, Laos, nothing panned out. That's when we found out about regular black children. Hello, my name is Bertice and this isn't about me. This is about couples like Colin and Debbie who've discovered regular black children. I know many of you have been wanting to adopt a baby, maybe from Africa, like your favorite celebrity. But I have to warn you, African babies come with a lot of baggage. Who wants a toddler wielding a machete? We were having trouble conceiving. We had just about given up when we heard about, you guessed it, regular black children. Don't they look as happy as any couple with a white baby? Now, I have to admit, I was really nervous. I was worried that any regular black child we might adopt would grow up into a big, burly black man. But we went on the internet, we did some research, and we found out you could have a regular black child of any size. Thanks to a national honors student in my class, we were able to get a medium-sized regular black child. That's you. And I can meet with you. At my offices at the bus stop here at Hollywood Boulevard in Cahuenga, I'm going to give you tips on how to comb your regular black child's hair. In my booklet, How to Comb Your Regular Black Child's Hair. I adopted my first regular black child in 1974. Now, a lot of my friends were adopting Asian babies, but being a soldier from the Vietnam War, I didn't think that was a very good idea. So I in my own backyard, literally, where I found a regular black child stealing apples. Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like you to meet my daddy. You could call this sort of adoption your way of going green. Only you're going black. Please adopt a regular black child today. No need to go to Africa in the hood we're giving them adopt a regular black baby? If you say no, you're, you're racist. racist. Please adopt a regular black child today. Don't you know what's wrong with me? Seeing things I don't want to see. Sniffing things that ain't good for me. Going down fast, but you say a prayer for me. All right, population. There is, you know, the mathematicians, and uh, I think mostly you'd call these people mathematicians and people that uh, sort problems out, figure out a complex problem. What's, what's a population problem, right? One would be there's too many of them. Like when I was growing up at the dinner table, we always had dinner together as a family. And my brother and sister were older than me. I had a half-brother and half-sister. They left early. 
they they were quite a bit older than me, so I was the last one. They were just me and my parents. And every once in a while, where maybe you took too much food, and I'd be kind of slowly trying to finish, and uh, he'd say, hey, finish up. Because kids in China don't have any food. They're not going to get food. And the fact is, I, I was I didn't know what was going on in China, but he did. Or people in Africa didn't have enough food. Said we need to be thankful for our food. Don't waste food. It's a big deal, food. Because people at that time in China, after communism started, they were starving. Millions are starving, and millions are starting starving in Russia. It wasn't because there are too many people. They they instituted a one person. You can only have one child. And they would force, sterilize, they would abort, they would take your children. Um, and they thought our problem is population. What their problem was is a wrong economic system. And as soon as they gave people the freedom to have their own plot of land and raise their own food, their own hogs, their own sheep, whatever they're doing, all of a sudden they could support themselves. As soon as they embraced Western capitalism, and left the economics of communism. They still have political political communism. But they turned, and they're not short of food anymore. But we used to ship tons and tons of food over to China and wheat to Russia, etc., rice to China. And so uh, the, the, it's a political problem. Dictators in South America so stole the money and the wealth of their, their countries that they let the people starve. They didn't really care. Governments don't really care about their people. That's why the, our founding fathers did not believe that governments would be all big-hearted about their people. That's why they wanted a very tiny government, because people will take care of people. In fact, uh, in, in a clip today, you're going to hear uh, Jake McCauley talk about Samuel Adams. And Samuel Adams said, you can have the best president in the world. You can have the best constitution in the world, but you don't have a moral people. It's over. And that's where we are, folks. We have a great constitution. And even if we have a great president, if you've got people that will steal from each other, will just randomly beat people up, trash people's property, shoot cops, we don't got anything left, folks. Something to think about. Really something to think about. Our founding fathers knew it. They actually knew it and put it in writing. But you think we're teaching that in our schools? Not a chance. There ain't no chance. Because communists are running our schools. Now, the whole world can fit. The whole world, that's all the people, can fit in a U.S. state. You think that's possible? The whole world can fit in Alaska. The whole world can fit in Texas. I'm not talking about having a great life. Let's just, I'm just give you, I'm going to give you a mental picture. Standing shoulder to shoulder, the entire world's population, over 7 billion people, could fit within 500 square miles of Los Angeles. It's square miles, not linear miles, square miles. That's a mile, one, one square mile is a mile this way and a mile that way, Right. My, Los Angeles, big area. The entire world's population could be be down in the L.A. basin, shoulder to shoulder, just standing there. It just shows you the magnitude of how much people can get into space. 
Uh, a typical life in an industrialized, industrialized country is now about 80 years long, three decades longer than it was a century ago. That blow your mind? A century ago, people lived to be about 50. Texas has about 170 million acres, and the Earth's population, let's figure, 7.4 billion. Now, he said you could give everyone in the United States a half acre in Texas. Would you like to have a half acre in Texas? In theory. Not every half acre is a good half acre, right? Some wouldn't produce anything. In fact, you could, in theory, house the entire population of the earth into Texas at a population density of 27,000 people per square mile. This is about the same population density as New York City. You think, oh, that's too crowded. Would you... Would you mind if you had a nice place in New York City? Some people like living in a city. I don't mind living in a city. That's 27,000 per square mile. This is about the same, he says, population density in New York City and substantially less than Paris. Hence, you could have to effectively build a single vast city across the entire state to house the whole world in Texas. So next time people say, Oh, you know, we're just going to devour the entire earth. They're just full of baloney people. They just, they have a, they have a devious, demented view of this. Now, the guy goes on to say, of course, this isn't possible in real life. Even if you could convince everyone to move over to Texas and build a quarter million square mile city to house them all, you'd be left with no outside producing no one outside producing the global food supply, the water, and other essentials that this global city needed. And even if you had all that coming in, the distribution system needed to get a constant supply of food and water, not to mention other goods and services distributed to 7.6 billion person city, it isn't realistic. The point is, the, the math works out superficially, but re- reality, life is messier, right? People kind of... But, you know, governments didn't design where people lived. People just kind of settled where they thought the best spot was. And then they just kept making adjustments to make it work. So the next time, uh, if you don't read the book, but if you want to look up the population bomb by uh, the Ehrlichs, he and his wife, his wife didn't get any credit, but she was, Ann Ehrlich was a writer on that book. Read it, and there's a guy in there that was actually, he was a young guy that that worked on that book that ended up being Obama's science czar, and I can't remember his name offhand. But the book is just baloney. It's just phony baloney. (laughs) Now, this is the interesting thing. No two cities or states are really alike. Like, for instance, New York State has a lot of people coming in it from all over the world. It's called A Tale of Two States. So Florida, New York. You got Governor DeSantis in in Florida. You have Andrew Cuomo, Governor of New York. One, DeSantis, Republican. Cuomo, Democrat. Population of Florida, roughly 22 million. Population, New York. This is New York State, 19.5. 19 million five state income tax, 0% in Florida state income tax, 8% New York 
state income tax California is pushing up maybe to 16% if they get their way. I think it's over 13 now. Uh, state budget balanced in Florida. State budget New York in debt. COVID-19 cases in Florida, 42,402. By the way, I don't believe any of these figures, but I'm just using this for example. Florida, 42,402. <clears throat> New York, 338,000. 617, about 9%, uh, excuse me, about 90% higher. COVID deaths, 1,827, Florida. COVID deaths, New York, 27,448. The media portrays Cuomo as a magician, a wonderful governor, and DeSantis as some kind of evil guy. Now, I want you to think about those Different. I know you probably didn't write them down. That's fine. I didn't expect it. It's just to give you an idea of the distortion <clears throat> that's going on um, in our in our media. In our media, if I were you, I, I don't should on people, but um, if you're having anxiety and you're having trouble with this cult COVID thing, I'm having trouble myself. I do not watch any television. Zero. For any purpose, I have mine totally disconnected. I haven't had it since 1987. I watch some things on YouTube, <clears throat> get some news on particular new YouTube channels that I know are accurate. But generally, I don't watch any of that. Uh, it's just like garbage being poured into my mind. So uh, I'm just glancing at my sheet here to see what I have left and what I want to focus on since we just have nine minutes plus we have another 20. Um, okay. Where am I here? Okay. I, I had this NFL thing. I've done it before. I'm going to skip it uh, this time. By the way, let me just do this quick. They're starting to arrest people for Democrat, for illegal Ballot harvesting in Texas, law enforcement officials arrested four individuals Thursday for their alleged involvement in a legal plot harvesting scheme uh, during the 2018 Democrat primary election. Among those apprehended and facing some of the 134 felony charges was the Democrat who claimed the primary race. <clears throat> anyway, this goes on to say it's unfortunate reality that elections can be stolen outright by mail ballot fraud, right? If nobody would ha would ever have an inkling or a desire to steal an election, we could just trust people, right? But you can't because it's like the Air Force motto, in God we trust, all others we monitor. Election fraud, particularly an organized mail ballot fraud scheme orchestrated by political operatives, is an affront to democracy and results in voter disenfranchisement and corruption corruption <clears throat> when's the last time you ever heard anybody get arrested for republican voter fraud i haven't maybe maybe there is some i'm sure there's criminal republicans mail mail ballots are very vulnerable to diversion coercion and influenced by organized vote harvesting schemes they pulled it off in orange county and totally flipped the county in terms of who's representing that county this case demonstrates my commitment to this is the the uh, leaders in texas this case 
demonstrates my commitment to ensuring Texas has the most secure elections in the country. And I thank Greg County Sheriff and District Attorney for their continued partnership. Those who try to manipulate the outcome of elections in Texas must be held accountable. Um, Then it says the news of charges came within hours of the Department of Justice ordering Lucerne County, Pennsylvania, to modify its practices after several military ballots were found discarded. While the Justice Department would not say where they found the ballots, they did say there were nine recovered, seven of which were cast for Donald Trump. Uh, so there's notices of our mail people discarding mail that they think is contrary to what the outcome of the election is they prefer. Uh, Donald Trump says Republicans should fight very hard when it comes to statewide mail-in voting. Democrats are clamoring for it. Tremendous potential for voter fraud and for whatever reason doesn't work out well for Republicans. And we have a governor that mandated 100% vote by mail. Now, this one, I got a few minutes left. I didn't want to skip this because what Samuel Adams was talking about when you don't have a virtuous people, you can't even get capitalism to run right. You you give people money to do a chore for you or a or go you buy their truck or you do there's no trust. People just take your money and run. Like we used to say on the on drugs. You never front money <clears throat> because there's no trust in that in that counterculture. But in capitalism, though people of virtue, people that had Christian faith, Judeo-Christian morals. You could trust them with money. There was things called my my word is my bond. In other words, uh, now today you can have a 40-page contract and people still cheat. And uh, so in people's products, they took pride in their products and they wouldn't cheat on the, 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 the ingredients in their products. They would never put something in it that would hurt anybody. But in communist countries, that's not the case because they're an anti-God country and you cannot trust people there. And they've had numbers of infant formula baby deaths because people cut corners and put products in the infant formula uh, that killed children. They were they were toxic. And uh, so you hear these stories all the time over there, lead in the paint on toys that are going to go into a kid's mouth eventually. So there's this unscrupulous behavior when you gut, when you have a godless society and there's no morals, there's no moral system, there's no moral fiber. And Samuel Adams is saying, you can have a constitution that we just designed, plus you can have a great president, but if your people are backslidden and they have no moral fiber, the country will fall apart. That's what we're seeing today. We're seeing a number of things today, but uh, we're definitely seeing the people problem because our school system has gone from teaching about that. You're a creation of God, that God is your father. God created you to you came from a monkey. So, I want to read you something. The police in Vietnam have seized more than 300,000 used condoms. I want you to think about this for a second, if you've ever used a condom. 
The police in Vietnam have seized more than 300,000 used condoms that have been boiled, dried, put up for sale in, in the southern province. It's probably down around Saigon, shutting down a business that posed a health hazard to consumers. Officers who raided a warehouse in, in the province of Binh Dong on Saturday found the recycled condoms and bags weighing almost 800 pounds. Footage on TV showed thousands of prophylactics spilling out of bags on the floor. It was unclear what led to police, etc. Police arrested a woman in connection with the operation and who told the authorities that she had received a monthly delivery from an unknown person who had been paid the equivalent of 17 cents for every two pounds she recycled. In other words, she'd take these used condoms, she would wash them, she would dry them, and she would prepare them for recycled use. And for each two pounds, she got a total of 17 cents. You think, oh, they don't pay very well there. No, they don't. The... The shoe company called Nike that pays uh, Colin Kaepernick five, six million dollars a year for exposing the slavery of today's blacks are enslaving Vietnamese women working six, seven days a week. 12 hours a day for $140. Now you do the numbers on that. And if you think this is about really about slavery over here, you need to go over there. Cause I, one of the girls I put through college, I took her out one of them, one of those shoe factories. Uh, people can't live on $140 over there. So she is, she's cleaning up recycled condoms and she's providing, this is a communist country. So all you that are in love with socialism, this is what's going on. Boiling, drying, reshaping them using a wooden prosthesis. Now, I'm not quite sure what they end up looking like, but I'm interested. It was not known how long the business had been in operation or how many condoms had been sold. It was unclear if the woman had been charged with a crime. <clears throat> Condoms are designed to be disposed of after use, and reusing them can lead, lead to breakage, slippage, leakage. In other words, they're not built to be reused. Anne Nguyen, an obstetrician at Dak Lac, Dak Lac, I've been through there many times, it's in the Central Highlands, said that recycling used condoms was very dangerous in our society. For profit, they can spread sexually transmitted diseases such as syphilis, gonorrhea, and possibly HIV. Now, our our health doctor, who is also Vietnamese, she doesn't give a rip about this kind of stuff. Syphilis, gonorrhea, and possibly HIV. She's too worried about... By the way, I have an idea for a business. It's called a COVID swatter. You know, fly swatter. We don't see them around too much anymore, but I'm interested in a COVID swatter that would be kind of like a fan. You know how you fan yourself? You want a little hand fan? You you kind of fold it out and it fans you. And we could like make it like so a COVID couldn't go through it, and it, you could like fan the COVIDs away from you. Called a COVID fan, COVID swatter. Now that would be kind of like we could then attack COVID, but 
we have a syphilis outbreak here, but the health department is not interested in syphilis here. Syphilis can actually, if a woman's carrying syphilis she can, and she gets pregnant, the baby can die or come out very deformed. We're not concerned about it. A health, a health director, a health worker told a friend of mine who's a doctor that he had no time for this because he was chasing COVID. He had no time to chase down who had sex with who to track down and make sure everybody got tested and get on penicillin so they knocked the syphilis out of the system. Why don't you try some syphilis out there if you're into COVID and see how long you do carrying syphilis? Because eventually I've seen pictures of what happens to people. It'll kill you. It'll get into your nervous system. Create big old funky lumps on your face. We're not concerned about it because we're chasing. We got a whole staff over here chasing COVIDs around. So we need is a COVID swatter. We'll be right back. We're going to finish up one more session. one thing straight. We have two main candidates for this presidential election. We have Donald Trump and we have Joe Biden. Okay, we have a man who's an American patriot, who loves America, who's done more to help minorities than most presidents have in the past, who wants to keep your rights and who wants to follow the Constitution. Then we have a man like Joe Biden who literally proves his racism every single day, voted to keep segregation, said he doesn't want schools integrated because he doesn't want his kids growing out of a racial jungle, said if you have a problem figuring out if you're me or Trump, you ain't black, said if you go to a 7-Eleven or Dunkin' Donuts, you have to have an Indian accent, literally called black kids roaches on live television, said poor kids are just as bright and just as talented as white kids. Also, a man who's a literal puppet to the Democratic Party. A party that wants to defund the police, take away gun rights, literally take away the freedom of Americans. Also, they're burning America to the ground right now because apparently everything is racist nowadays. The man who probably has early onset Alzheimer's and cannot even get a full sentence out of his mouth all of a sudden wants to fix racism, even though he's been in office for 44 years now, even at the hands of a black president. If you want to keep your rights, you know who to vote for in November. Look, I am an immigrant. So yeah, obviously I've lived in other countries before I immigrated to the US. And it's no surprise that America is very much hated. And for a reason, because it's strong, it's got weapons, it's got a strong army. So it's not that easy to destroy. And from what I remember, the media in other countries would always talk about programming Americans to hate each other because that's the easiest way to destroy a nation from within. And a civil war has already happened in Yugoslavia. They fell apart. This has happened in the USSR. That fell apart. So don't be fooled and think that it may never happen here. Because from what I'm seeing, it's happening. So either we stop hating each other because of political views or we're going to be destroyed. And a lot of countries will be so happy when this day finally comes. I bought a new car recently. I ain't gonna say what kind of car it is, but in 82 the cars talk. Did you know that anybody got a new car recently? The cars speak to you. If you leave your lights on, the car will say, Ding! lights are on. <laughs> and that's bad, man. I leave my lights on on purpose when I take a girl out. I get out of the car, the car say, lights are on. The girl says, did your car say something? I say, yeah, it did. <laughs> but I bought my car from like a black dealer, so it got a different rhythm to it. You leave your lights on, the car say, hey man, you left your lights on. <laughs> I said the lights is on, man. Damn, what, you blind and deaf? 
That basically is the only thing that changed. I still live in the same neighborhood with the new car, and it's kind of tough, man. The other day I got inside the car and put the key in to start it up, and the car said, See, man, somebody stole your battery. <laughs> Well, I need to uh, mention one of my other friends who, a bunch of my friends are down in Mexico in the Otay Mesa side of Tijuana tonight, <clears throat> and they're converting. We built a, uh, we built, uh, we expanded an orphanage in, in Tijuana. In 1987, we started. <clears throat> it, it was a, a two-story building that housed teen boys and girls uh, after they had been growing up down south farther south on the Baja and then there was a there was a, a lot of education there in Tijuana so they bring them up there so we doubled the size of that we got the lot next door and we just went sidewards and doubled it and uh, so it's been for boys and girls for since 1987 and Ted Holmes who runs a plumbing doctor locally and also has a couple other businesses uh, uh He's got a construction firm and and also uh, a, a floor removal co company. But anyway, he does a lot of missions work. And so he, a bunch of these guys that are back down there went down with me. I got them to come down there with me. <clears throat> I'm not a construction person, but they are. So we got down. We did this job down there. Then Ted kept going back and remodeling it and upgrading it because it's been like 100 years since then. So now they're back down there and they're redoing the whole thing. And they're going to have it in all girls, uh, orphans, the teen orphans. So they're down there for a couple of weeks. Bunch of guys. You'd recognize their names. They're all contractors from the uh, Yuba Sutter area that have been that have gone all over the world together. That's their uh, memory. They've traveled to Africa, South America, Honduras, Central America, uh, England, uh, just uh, all along the Mexican border. Let's see. I don't know. I can't even remember all the spots. They were over in uh, Kenya, uh, the Congo building. They've been all over the place, building all from from all kinds of things, from de uh, designing and building uh, uh, a volcano knocked out a hospital, a surgery center in the Congo. They went in there amidst a civil war and rebuilt the surgery center for training Cong Congolese surgeons. And they've done some cool stuff all over the world. I'm really proud of them. They're my friends. We started out as youngsters together, and they really they do some amazing stuff all over the world. So they're down there on their own dime. Uh, as Obama would say, they got some skin in the game down there. So uh, Ted Holmes runs the plumbing doctor, and uh, I can't remember his floor removal business for the for the life of me, but I'm really here to talk about the plumbing doctor. And that's if you, they're serving Yuba Sutter area and you can reach them. If you have a plumbing need at 530-671-9111. Most of what they do is fixing stuff 
fixing what don't work. Uh, they don't really build. They don't. I don't think they do new construction, new homes. But they they just redo like homes like mine. My home's built almost a hundred years ago. It's like uh, it's always got. It's needy. It's needy. It 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 serves me well, but it's needy. So um, anyway, uh, if you have a need, you want to help. Ted's a good man. He's an honest man. Been all over. He actually moved his family to Mexico for a couple of years, served on an Indian reservation after a guy that was working down there died. And uh, he's kind of a salt of the earth type guy, is actually. So uh, you can reach him at 530 671 9111. I'm just kind of scanning a few through here. By the way, I just want to say to you, because a lot of you aren't even on no, when life is normal, you don't know what's really going on around, and it's for a purpose. You don't need to know it. It's not a slam on you. But I run this trauma intervention program, so we see what's going on out on the streets because they ask us to come when there's a problem. So we know there's a lot of suicide, uh, you know, that comes up in a community. They don't publish it in the paper out of courtesy to the families, which is the right thing to do. But a lot of times when people don't understand about suicide, uh, they just think, oh, probably doesn't happen. But it happens quite a bit. And uh, I think it's doubled. It, I just read where El Dorado County, just up the road, their health officer, of course, our health officer won't tell us these things. She's hiding these things from us. The El Dorado County Health Department said that their suicide rates during COVID has doubled. There's articles. All you have to do is Google it. You don't take my word for it. I have plenty. I don't just make up stuff here. Uh, the um, number of overdoses here is off the charts bad. And I'm talking about people dying from drugs. The amount of depression. And this is all, this isn't, this has nothing to do with COVID. This has everything to do with government. Government chose this response to the common cold called the coronavirus. Did you know that corona, this isn't the first, the common cold, you ever had a cold in your life? That that would be called, if they told you the 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 root name, It's they're all corona bugs, corona. So I'm, I'm trying to look here, something I want to focus on. Oh, yeah. I got to do this constitutional thing. So uh, anyway, um, we have a big problem and the, the government doesn't want you to know about it because they don't want to look bad and they are bad. They're really bad. The government is causing people to die. The government is causing people to blow out. Do you know what the government did? If you get in trouble for alcohol or drugs, it isn't unusual for the probation department will mandate you. And if you don't do it, they will put you in jail. They'll mandate you to go to AANA or a recovery meeting so many times a week. Sounds like it's pretty important, right? Do you think that's important? AANA has helped millions of people over the years and other recovery meetings are helping lots of people as well. You think that's really important if a judge and social worker and the probation department said, yep, Lou Benninger, he needs to go to a meeting every day. He's He needs to get off and he needs to stay off and he needs to be accountable. Now, you would think with all these people as fragile as Lou Benninger needing a rehab, 
needing to go to these AANA meetings and being told by the judge of the county and probation department of the county that that would be something you would not shut down a drug and alcohol meeting. You know what they did? They shut them down. They shut down drug and alcohol meetings and recovery meetings. In fact, a lot of rehabs got so screwed up because of the COVID requirements, they couldn't even take any new people. You know what happened? People just overdosed out on the street. You think everybody just stops and pauses on this COVID thing? Hell no, man. There's all kinds of heroin out there. Bad. Talk to the cops. Bad uh, methamphetamine laced with something else. In Yuba Sutter, killing people left and right. You think the government's going to talk about that? No, because they, they caused it. They caused it. People shooting themselves, hanging themselves, slitting their veins. Your supervisors are accountable for that. The health official is accountable to that. Who do you, who, who do you think you're going to look to? They were fine. People, when, when the, the numbers double and they did that, if I went out for our church and did something and twice as many people came to church, they'd think I'm, I'm some kind of a great guy because I brought all these people that needed help to church. Or if you went out and you were selling real estate and you just got on the job, you didn't know anything about it, but all of a sudden you sold more than anybody else, they'd think you're a hero. How come we get all the kudos on that deal and you don't, nobody takes any responsibility in government when things go sideways. You think you're going to get an apology? You're going to think, you think you're going to get an, Oh my God. You're not going to get anything. They just take credit when, when they think they, they did something good. Then they'll take a picture. You know what they need to do with the Yuba County supervisors? Just when they put up, the, like they built the Bendorf Zoo for the homeless down there, they took a picture of them all smiling, hugging each other. They need to take a picture on how many people they killed and put it up on a banner on a billboard in town. How many people they killed? How many people in rest homes? How many heroin addicts overdosed? How many people relapsed out of the AANA? How many people hung themselves, shot themselves, right? Rah, 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 rah. Good for you guys. Real smart. I asked one supervisor, I asked Matt Conant. I said, Matt, he's supervisor running for office in Sutter County. I said, hey, what do you think you're doing, man? You vote to shut down 2,000 businesses? I said, if you had cancer, if, if you got a cancer uh, prognosis terminal, would you even bother to get a second opinion? He said, oh, I'd definitely get a second opinion. I said, sharp guy. Why wouldn't you get a second opinion when you're ruining 2,000 businesses and your business didn't get touched? No second opinion? Oh, well, I just I didn't think about it. I didn't think about it. Well, we were just operating on the information we had. Does that make you feel good about your political representatives? Well, we were just operating on the information we had. That's the best you can do. That's it. You didn't decide to talk to another doctor, a second doctor. You just took what Gav Gavin Newsom said. Of all the people, the guy's a pervert. You took what he said. He couldn't. He screwed his chief of staff's wife while the guy was thinking he was they were best buddies. He screwed, screwed her on a regular basis. How's that make you feel? And you're going to take his, you're going to shut down all the businesses on his word? And you want to run our county? There is a, uh, 
a form that all politicians have to file called a 460. Those show the donations towards a politician and who gave the money. So you can say, oh, like when Ricky Scamayoa, he's the mayor of Marysville, when he allowed the appeal of uh, these these different marijuana businesses applied for a license to sell marijuana in the city. And so there was a lot of rules. And one of them, they violated the rules because you can't have a felon on your board of directors. So they had to reject that uh, that application. And they came begging back to appeal it, saying, oh, we fired that guy off the board. We now got a non-felon. So please, please, please reconsider our application. On top of that, they gave Ricky Scamio a $10,000 in donations. <clears throat> this is back four years ago. The, the appealing marijuana dispensary was awarded their dispensary, and now they operate right across from Red Hot Hospital. I'm not saying they're bad people. I'm just saying giving two $5,000 payments to a local politician called Ricky Scamioa and then him not recusing himself. You know, you can't step out of the vote and say, listen, listen, I, I took $10,000 from these guys, right? So I, I, it wouldn't be right. It would be a conflict of interest for me to vote. No, 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 He voted, right? Now, on his recent 460, one of the worst places to live in our area is Marysville, where I'm sitting tonight. And the reason is that it's the highest tax sales taxes, but worse than that is the water is very expensive. It's like dropping gold out of the out of the faucet. And one of the most successful utilities, private utilities in the United States is California Water Service. They have water services all over the place, including in other states. They call themselves something else there. But they have like 300 quarters of the year worth of dividends to their... I mean, if you want to invest in a company, invest in Cal Water. But the water costs are for the resident one guy called me one day saw i wrote an article about water and he said wow he said i just moved here and i bought a house in marysville and he said they should do a disclaimer on the price of water because he said i had no idea the price of water till i got my first water bill and he said so if you drive through town like chris branscombe who's running for mayor in marysville he and I went to school together and our parents knew each other. And we remember when all the lawns and all of Marysville and all the shrubs were healthy and green and Cal water was in charge of the water in those days, something happened from the time we left school and left the area. He went into the Navy. I went crazy. And, uh, they started to hike the price of water to where people just quit watering their lawns. If you drive through Marysville today, it's a train wreck. The place looks like a train wreck. Now, about 2011, I'm just guessing the date. I can give you more dates later. Cal Water told the California Utility Commission that they wanted to raise the rates here by like 150 or 120%. And some ladies in East Marysville were paying attention and they didn't know anything about California public utilities or utilities or anything about it. And they began to ask questions and gather information. And they filed a complaint with the CPUC on Cal water. And it, it threw them into a tizzy Cal water 
and they reduced the increase from like 120% to, to like 40%. Most passive city residents did nothing to help. One of the greatest passive groups was the city council upon which Ricky Scamayoa sat. He didn't do anything. They were fine with Calwater. Our parks in this area are unique in Marysville. Those that are listening from other states, they're all dry. They have been dry for years. They mow them, but they're just dead grass. They didn't used to be. They were all watered. That was under the the ruling or the uh, the uh, reign of Ricky Scamioa, first city councilman, then mayor. So on Ricky's 460s, his disclosure on who how much money he took in to spend on his campaign, which he's got the most, large chunks of money from unions and and um, he's a liberal, anti-Trumper, and he got $5,000 from just one company. He's got a th- almost a third of his monies up to this point from one company, and that's Cal Water Service. Now, some of Cal Water Service's cities that they serve have actually uh, filed an action. They took a vote of the people and they said, we don't want to be under Cal water anymore. And they bought them out. They purchased us from them and became a municipal water system, just like Yuba city, Linda, Oliverst have now. And their water is probably a third as expensive as what we have here in the Marysville. <clears throat> For you and Linda and Oliverst, that means our, the price of water here is three to four times higher than it is in Oliver's Linda, Yuba City. But Ricky is going to make sure that you get screwed with those high prices because he took $5,000 $5, from Cal Water Service. That's something? It's amazing. Uh, okay, let me see if there's something fast because I just got two minutes. Oh, there's another cool book I haven't read, but I've read portions of it called Who Really Cares? Who Really Cares? And I was going to talk about this, but I ran out of time. And I just want to let you know that Joe Biden gave 1.5% of his income to charity. You know, the, the, the feeling is you get is that Democrats are always saying they care more than Republicans. Those Republicans are just hard asses. And they're just hard on people and they're not generous. The facts are quite different. If you ever, the book was written in 2006 and uh, it, the, it, the, the title is who really cares. And I'm trying to look for the guy's name. If you're interested, written by Arthur C. Brooks, an intellectual who really cares. And he found that Republicans actually give way more money, time, Blood. They said if if Democrats gave as much blood as Republicans, the blood supply in America would go up forty five percent. The Bidens and the Harris, the Harrises, if you want to call him that, his, his name isn't Harris, gave just a little over a percent. Kamala gave one point one percent of her income in two thousand nineteen. Trump gave has given since he's been president over a million dollars of his salary. He gave all his salary away. You understand that 1.2 million or something. He just gave that away. Not, not even including his other gifts. So when you look 
uh, anyway, this book is like, who really cares? So I'll finish with that saying if, if people, it, it doesn't matter. You can look at how much time people contribute, how much money people contribute, by the way, who, what state do you think is the most generous state looking at people's people, just individual people, the most generous state population in the union, Mississippi, the poorest state in the union. Economically, it's the poorest state in the union of the 50 states. With Obama, it's 58 states. He's got seven other states stashed, or eight states. Of the 50 states, Mississippi is the poorest state in the union, but it has the most generous people. Think about that. All right, we're done for today. And, uh, oh, I forgot. Maybe I forgot to talk about tip. So let let uh, let me do this. Really quick, I forgot it just totally skipped over this whole thing. So if we did this gun raffle before. If you want to get on this gun raffle, we're raffling off a Beretta 92FS compact 9mm pistol. It used to be the military-issue pistol. Uh, black semi-automatic made in Italy by Beretta. Uh, $20 per ticket. Uh and we're going to do the drawing. You don't have to be here to win. 8 p.m. December 10th is the when we're going to. It's in our. It's during our appreciation dinner. We're going to uh, draw the winner, and then we'll call you. So if you want to, I've had people that don't live here still get in on the ticket if you want. So you can just you can email me at Lou at nohostagesradio.com or you could just send money $20 per ticket you could send it to tip P.O. Box 645 Marysville P.O. Box 645 Marysville and uh, just tell me how many you want and I will write your name on the stubs put your stubs in the uh, the basket that we're going to draw from and then I'll keep your your other portion or I can even send that over to you with your other, the number you have on it, send that over to you. So that's how I did it before. So if you're local, it's a $20 ticket, but Shooter's Paradise, which is a gun range in downtown Yuba City, there they, they printed our tickets for us. And so for that, you get, if you buy a ticket, you get one hour free shooting at Shooter's Paradise. So you can take whatever guns you have, go over there and practice one hour free, uh, courtesy of Shooter's Paradise. And uh, you may you may win or you may not, but you got one hour free. So that's the gun raffle. And uh, if you want to, we've had some great response from some very generous people. Uh, Linda Fire Department just gave us a thousand dollars. We've had some very generous gifts. We're still we're about eleven thousand dollars we've collected so far. We're headed. We're hoping to get twenty five to thirty thousand dollars totally total. Uh, before the end of the year but uh, we'll be posting some stuff on our facebook page on tip of yuba sutter or yuba sutter tip or yuba sutter trauma intervention program it should pop up there uh, so uh or you could just send us a donation you can go to you can send us to p.o box 645 marysville tip 95901 or you could go online at gofundme.com backslash tip 2021 
And um, you can go on our website and just give through PayPal or, or through credit card on our website. So if you want to help us, we go out on 911 calls. We just finished uh, September. We did 41 responses for all the emergency agencies. We worked on 41 calls with them this month, uh, this last month. And so if you want to give to a good organization that uses all your money for the cause as opposed to buying buildings and paying salaries and all that, uh, we use it well. So anyhow, uh, that should be it. So give me a shout out if you want some tickets or you can just send in your money and I will, I will send you back your stubs and, and, uh, and then we'll, uh, we'll call you if you win. Okay. So that'll be it. Uh, do something great this week for yourself. Be good to yourself. It's stressful with this COVID thing, but also, uh, you know, uh, you may run into somebody this week that's an angel unaware, the Bible says. So pay attention and be kind to people, and we'll catch you next week. God bless you. Bye. We're so glad to see so many of you lovely people here tonight. We would especially like to welcome all the representatives of Illinois' law enforcement community who have chosen to join us here in the Palace Hotel Ballroom at this time. We certainly hope you all enjoy the show. And remember, people, that no matter who you are and what you do to live, thrive, and survive, there's still some things that make us all the same. Someone to love, someone to love, sweetheart of miss, sweetheart of miss.